Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. And thank you once again for coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk. Start of the oh, music still playing there. Start of the growing conservative conversation. We're also part of the Patriot Journalist Network, and you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. Uh, also check out the show's website at www.patriotjournalist.com. I'm sorry, I'm just getting that again. At www.barslogicpoliticaltalk.com. You can probably tell friends. It has been a long week, both personally for me and uh, professionally as well as, wow, what a week that we have to talk about tonight with Donald Trump winning in large uh, margin in the Nevada and South Carolina. As folks here who uh, are regulars to the show know that uh, Newt Gingrich took South Carolina. Unfortunately, he did not take the nomination. That was because the mechanisms from the RNC and the RNC establishment, or the GOP establishment, as well as the so-called conservative news, uh, such as Fox News. I think they're doing a lot to Ben Carson. And we do have an audio we're going to play tonight uh, from Ben, Car- uh, an interview that Ben Carson did, uh, where you could tell they were just trying to get uh, gotcha questions on him. And I think he would really be doing much better uh, in the polls as the media wasn't doing to him, which they were doing to Gingrich in 2012. But be that as it may, uh, we do have uh, the discussion tonight of the big win by Donald Trump. And to tell you what, folks, this show is already starting to get out there uh, because I'm already getting uh, And thank you, uh, Rhonda, on Facebook uh, for sharing the post. And I will uh, be commenting with you later. But I tell you what, already, um, and Susan, you may be getting a, uh, if you're on the line, I believe you are. Uh, everyone wants to get on, just push the one on your number dial. But, but you might be getting a message from Facebook from one of your friends there. I will not mention any names. Uh, but I tell you what, the, uh, the show must be already getting out here uh, because I'm already getting just by barely covering some things with Trump now, starting to get uh, people out there spreading, at least through it seems, uh, things about myself. It says, uh, Robert, just to let you know, someone is posting and sending private messages that you are selling Mr. Trump's items that are not approved by the Trump organization. Someone has turned you into not only the IRS and the Alaska Attorney General, but over to the Trump attorney in New York. I just want to give you a heads up. And I do want to give that person thank you for giving me the heads up. Uh, let you folks be the first to know, and you probably already know this. I'm not selling any Donald Trump uh, gear or anything else Donald Trump. I have promoted on some Donald Trump Facebook pages. 
uh, about the show uh, because people listening, whether it's live now or in the archives, uh, would, um, you know, would like to be interested in listening to the show. Uh, I did post it there, but I'm not selling anything. And so I say, let them go ahead. Let them look at my bank account. They're like, yeah, this guy's funny thing. But anyway, that's just to show that, you know, we are getting out there. Uh, people are listening. Uh, they are paying attention to the show. And once again, much like in 2012, uh, we have uh, getting some, some people to <laughs> make threats and things of that nature and doing, you know, those kind of shenanigans. But that's okay. You know, I, I dealt with it in 2012. Looks like I'm going to be dealing with it again in 2016, but that is okay. Uh, I'm big enough to handle that. And we do have a number of callers on the line. So if you want to chime in, just press the number, uh, the one number on your number dial. And if you'd like to uh, come into the show, just give us a call at 347-945-7428, and we'll get you into the show. And also, folks, if you have not done so already, if you have not done so already, get a hold of your senator. Give them a call here on Blog Talk Radio, as well as on the Bards Logic Talk website. On the contact page where you will see the email uh, that I send out to the folks on our email list. And if you'd like to be a part of that email list, uh, go to the contact page on the Bards Logic Political Talk website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. And you can see the link there and also share that uh, the mailer. But anyway, go to the link there where you can find the email address and the phone number to your senator. And so we want to definitely make sure that we're blocking these nominations regardless of, of, of who in the news are saying he's putting up. Um, we need to block them anyway. And especially those who are listening to the show or if you know anyone, okay, who lives in either Maine or Illinois, they are more important. To, well, no, they're all important. They're all important. However, you have Senators Mark Kirk from Illinois and Susan Collins from Maine who appear to be backing down uh, a little bit from the blockade of Obama's nominees. And so, of course, we're talking regarding nominees to the Supreme Court uh, with Anton Celia's uh, death, which I think uh, that it may perhaps have uh, been murder. I just think there's a lot of uh, circumstances that think that we should at least have a investigation. I mean, it wasn't even an autopsy, folks. I mean, that in and of itself smells, you know, fishy to me. I mean, you have a Supreme Court justice dies, and you don't have an autopsy. You have a very flimsy, through my understanding, and if I'm wrong, someone send me information on what type of investigation is going on with uh, Scalia's death. I mean, the guy's done hand of service, and I believe he's already been buried. And then they're just going to sweep this under the rug, folks. They're going to sweep this under the rug. It's big. I think it's huge. I think it, it matters, and I think this guy may have been murdered. And I think people need to check it out. Who knows? Maybe that's why I'm already getting people, uh, you know, putting out false uh, rumors about me on Facebook and supposedly getting a hold of uh, Trump's lawyers so that they can have a talk to me about selling stuff, which I am not selling. So that should be interesting. But anyway, go there. Those two look like they're they're backing down. Uh, so we need to let them know that, look, if you vote for these nominees, uh, when it comes to voting for you, we're voting you out. We really, we, we've, we've had people do campaigns like that before, folks. It never happens. We still keep getting these yahoos in there. 
you know, we need to act. And act isn't just, you know, doing some things on social media, which, you know, getting the word out and conferencing with people and getting involved that way is important. But then we need to take it to the next step and actually have physical action. And part of that physical action is calling your senators and let them know that, hey, we're, we're not going we, to be happy about this. We will work on voting you out. You need to make sure that you stay with your word and block these nominations. But as I said, we've got some callers on the line uh, who like to get in. We're going to do it in the order uh, of them calling in. And the first person uh, we've had called in is Susan. So let's go ahead and bring in. I've got some articles I'm going to uh, read and go over as well. Uh, but first, uh, let's go ahead and bring in Susan. Uh, thank you very much, Susan, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Hi, I'm fine. Thank you. Can you hear me? I can hear you great. Thank you. And uh, while we have you on the okay. line, Susan, uh, for, for a little – are you there? Yes. Great. I for am. a little promo for what we got going on this Saturday, and, and so it looks like it's going to be actually at 2.30, 2.30 p.m. this Saturday afternoon. We're going to have a special edition of blog, uh, Bard's Logic Political Talk about the con- – we're going to do a live stream. That's what we're working on, doing a live stream uh, from the debate there in Boise, Idaho, uh, so folks can listen in on that this coming Saturday, uh, special edition of the Bart's Logic Political Talk at 2.30 uh, Eastern Time. So, Susan, let's go ahead. I'm going to do some call screening here and tell us more about that, okay, because uh, you've been uh, speaking with some folks who are working on that as well, correct? Um, yeah, I just got an email today and a bunch of explanation. I'm like, huh? I just took my little – tablet, uh, you know, the I can't think it's an Apple something or other. Um, and he set me up with a, um, uh, he went into the Play Store and got me the microphone so I can record through that too. Um, I don't know how good that'll be. And I guess they have Wi-Fi and everything. So I'll just have to get there early and hope it works. I have Skype, but he said uh, sometimes there's problems with that because that isn't so much for recording. It's more like me to you face-to-face type thing. So I don't know if that's the, what we're doing or not. He said we can use the sound, but um, he thought that we, that microphone thing would be better. That was at the AT&T store. What, what was that? I missed it. I was just getting uh, that was off the, the line. With our next person coming in is Dr. Tolbert. Go ahead. I said that was at the AT&T store that he uh, helped me get that microphone set up on my little tablet or whatever. Good. So I'll probably be, be what you'll be able to use. It's, yeah, they'll probably be able to plug that in on Skype. So we'll be working on that. And then uh, hopefully, Susan, while you're there, you'll be able to get uh, some interview response from the candidates and uh, some members of the audience. And we can uh, get those audio to me so we can play those clips on there. So we, you know, we definitely want to talk about uh, some alternative parties, of course, you know, we, we, we cover a lot of uh, the the main two parties and the duopoly, which hopefully, you know, sometimes things will change. But to be that as it is, uh, you know, we are where we are. And, but anyway, let's go ahead and speaking of that, Susan, tell, tell me what your thoughts are. Uh, I've got some articles and also have some, some audio. I have one by uh, Newt Gingrich, at least what his thoughts were. Um, on South Carolina, so we're going to get uh, get to hear that. But what was your take on on the big wins by Donald Trump? 
You know, I am so tired on my page and other pages. It's like, hey, 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 the Donald Trumper, blah, 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 It's like, oh, my God. Oh, I'm getting a headache. Um, it's awful. I mean, a real anger and, and hatred between the two, the people that are for them. And that's worse than what it was with Ron Paul. They just said, you're crazy or something. But in this case, it's like war, real war. And I'm just like, I'm going to be glad when this is over and we have a whole bunch of it still to go. Uh, honestly, I've never seen anything like it. You know, you get insulted and people kick you off their page if you're for Trump. Or they kick you off the page if you're for Cruz. And uh, in my opinion, anybody oh, for Rubio deserves to be kicked off. <laughs> Something came on Ted Cruz apologized A fire was Spokesman for something against Rubio It was said And uh, I'm like okay He's firing someone He had to apologize to Carson What is with his people that every time he turns around Somebody's making a mistake I don't know Well I think weird. As things are looking right now, okay, as things are um, looking right now, I would say, because I know they're they're trying to position it where the last two candidates, and and we're going to know pretty quickly in the next couple weeks, okay, um, they have the next two candidates being, you know, or the last two being like a Trump Rubio. I think that's what the Republican Party is, um, is, is one to have things set up. And I'm getting some texts here, but I'm going to have to, Wait on that. Um, but we're going to uh, – oh, my gosh, I'm getting tons of texts coming in. <laughs> but anyway. Well, it wasn't uh, – it, it, it supposedly Trump and six is VP. That's what the rumors are going on. Kasich. I'm like, oh, gag me now. That's what yeah, I yeah, and what they want to have set up is I think they want to set up the, the last two candidates to run, and, and I think things are going to shape up in the next couple of weeks, and it may – and hear me out, folks uh, – and, and it may come to this where you're going to have a Trump-Rubio ticket because I'm, I'm for, I mean, I, I like Cruz better than I like Trump, truth be told. I mean, not Trump. I like Cruz better than I like Rubio, truth be told. Okay, but the thing is, is I, I'm already seeing Cruz, you know, dwindle down. I really st- start seeing the support – uh, going to the wayside, um, and so I, I I think after Super Tuesday and certainly after the 15th of March, uh, we're, it's pretty much I think it's going to be whittled down to two candidates, and it's going to be the candidates are going to be uh, uh, Trump and and Rubio, and I think that's what the uh, what the establishment and let's say even the Reparty, Republican Party wants is between a Rubio and because um, you got your establishment candidate and you have the uh, Donald Trump. But, however, I think that's what they wanted, but I think they're, that's going to hurt them. I think that will hurt the Republican Party, and this is why. Okay. Trump, I think, is going to get the nomination. I do think he's going to get the nomination. We'll, we'll see how that pans out. I kind of doubted it at first, but, I mean, I'm starting to think so. If anyone thinks I'm wrong, that's fine. Let me know. Okay. You know, whether you're listening live, whether you're listening on the podcast, you know, send me a message through the contact page on the website. Let me know, Robert, you're wrong. Shut up. It's going to be this guy this, for this reason. Tell me. Fine. But I think it's going to be Trump, and I think it very well will be Rubio, Trump and Rubio, the last two. Here's where the bad thing comes to the Republican Party. 
if Donald Trump gets the nomination, as I said, I think he will, and there may be some shenanigans uh, coming up with a, a, a convention. There's already been talk about, you know, Billy of a broken convention. However, um, uh, let's see, Rand, I mean, saw Paul Ryan already said that there wasn't going to be a, a broker convention, but we'll see. Okay, but anyway, be that image, let's say with the scenario it's a Donald Trump, you know, and Marco Rubio. Here's where it hurts. Donald Trump's the nominee. I think it would be, and, and I would like to hear the, the panel's uh, take on this and anyone else in the call what they think. Okay. Um, and I think the, uh, you know, Trump gets the nominee, but I think, and people might want to stab me at this, I think it would be smart for Trump to pick, if he's going to pick anybody in the lineup, you know, and I'm not saying this is what I would like. I'm just saying this would probably what be, would be politically smart for Trump to do, okay, is to have Rubio be his, his VP pick. It would, it, it would you know, make the establishment happy, okay? He's young. He could say, okay, now he could get some experience as the, uh, you know, as a vice president, maybe get him set up for a presidential run. Perhaps at this point some of his stances will change after he's actually seen how things are through that experience. So it makes them happy. They'll be able to get some of the Hispanic vote, so they cover that. So I think just for political expediency, it may be smart for Donald Trump to have Rubio be his running mate. However, if things get set up the way that I think they are going to be set up, or if not set up, at least happen, is that you're going to have these two people blasting on each other. And they're going to be, uh, Rubio and Trump are going to blast on each other so much, it's going to make it impossible for Trump to take Rubio. And, and this is what the Republicans want. They want a Trump Rubio. That's what they want. They feel Rubio can be Trump, and I don't think that's the case because Trump has conservatives and he has, you know, moderates of the party who are, who are for him. Okay, and probably some libertarians of the party would go to him too because at this point in time, there's no one else for them to go to unless they sit out or try to go to a libertarian party, which is, I mean, that's a possibility. But anyway, but if these two are destroying each other, okay, Rubio won't be the pick. So Trump's got to pick, he's probably not going to pick anybody who was, in, you know, in the lineup. Maybe Ben Carson, maybe. Um, I don't know how politically smart that would be. I'd be great. I mean, I'd say I would like that ticket. You know, that would be a better ticket in, for, for me at least. Because, you know, you definitely got the two, you know, people who are not politicians. But I don't think you will, to be honest. So if he does it, he's gonna, he may pick someone known and just someone who's not – I just don't see who he can pick who would actually help his campaign, you know, moving forward through the general election. I, I don't know who that person could be. I mean, there's tons of people out there. I just don't know who that person would be. If anyone's got a suggestion on maybe who that person could be, Maybe Bobby Trent, maybe uh, Trindle or Jindle. I'm sorry, not Trindle. Maybe Jindle. I don't know. No. Um, but let, let, let's hear your thoughts on that. Um, did I break in a second? Um, you do. Yeah, go ahead, break in, and I'm going to play that audio real quick, real quick. Yeah. Um, after you, after that, I'm going to play that audio uh, from Gingrich's uh, response on the South Carolina primary. Then we're bringing Dr. Tolbert. Go ahead, Susan. Um. Okay. Kennedy, John F. Kennedy, was forced blackmailed, technically, to take Lyndon Johnson. And um, 
when I wrote my blog, I put that in there. And uh, he was going to dump him, okay, And when he ran the second time. And that upset Johnson. And Ford wanted Reagan as his partner. But good old, um, oh, what's his name, our vice president in the Bush, um, um, not Carl Rove. <laughs> uh, you know who I'm talking about, Cheney. Um, he came to talk to Ford and he says, we aren't going to let you. You're not taking him. You are taking, well, who was it he had, that one guy. Um, they told him he couldn't have Reagan. He knew he could win if he had Reagan. They didn't want him to win. Um, Reagan was told he had to have Bush. So you see, many times, in fact, most of the time, there is no choice. They tell you who you're going to take. This goes behind the scenes. It's like what Phil Shaffley, the kingmakers, they not only try to pick, but they blew it with Goldwater. They, they just, but they, they tell them who they're going to pick for their running mate because they want certain things to happen. Behind the scenes, when, they, when they're in control, they set them up to lose with whoever runs next for the vice president, from the vice presidency, usually they do, although Biden didn't. Or they um, set them up to cause problems, whatever. They use them, and they pick them for you. So they have absolutely no choice. Trump won't have a choice. If for some reason he's lucky enough to, I don't know what will happen, but usually they don't have a choice. They're ordered. Yeah, we'll see that. uh will uh, pan out. And I've got a, an article here I'm going to read before I play the, the clip. And this is something, and not to toot my own horn, because I do that so rarely, but I was mentioning this the other day uh, to someone, even before uh, Gingrich did, so it, it kind of makes me smile when I said that. Um, but they're doing the analysis. You, you keep hearing that, you know, oh, well, if this person drops out, then their votes will go to this candidate. And that, per, you know, and this kind of goes along with what I was saying earlier with them wanting to have things put where it's finally a Trump and Rubio ticket, okay? And so when they were doing the, oh, well, these, these votes go to this person, this vote go to that person, and most of them they're saying would go to uh, to Rubio, hoping that Rubio would actually be the one who will win the nomination because all these votes once, you know, Kasich drops out and then when Cruz jumps out and then whether, uh, you know, then Carson drops out, and they they feel that all these will add on to, to Cruz, and and Trump has hit a ceiling. And and what you're about to read from an article uh, from Newt Gingrich is something that before this was this even came out, I was uh, telling somebody the other day. So when I heard this, I was like, oh my gosh, see, I told you. But anyway, uh, this is uh, actually a article from the Fox News Insider uh, that was, I believe, on the 22nd, so two days ago. Okay, so after the um, South Carolina, but before, you know, we heard from uh, Nevada. It says, former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich said this morning that Republican Party seems to be living in a fantasy land after Donald Trump's second straight big primary victory. No GOP candidate has ever went on to win the nomination after losing both in both, I'm sorry, after losing in both New Hampshire and South Carolina. Gingrich noted that when you combine all the so-called outsider candidates, and this is the part that I was uh, talking about before I even uh, heard him talk or seen this article, candidates Trump, Cruz, and Ben Carson, they total more than 60% of the vote. So Donald Trump is tapping into somewhat, uh, Donald Trump is tapping into something that's real. 
And if you take Trump's vote and Carson's vote and Chris's vote, the outsiders, they are once again at 62% in South Carolina. And they have been consistently above 62% everywhere else in the country, he said. So I found that interesting. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, get some replies here on Facebook as those who are reaching out to me. Uh, and while we do that, uh, I see other people on the line. And we got Dr. Tolbert, who's going to be coming on next. And then after him, we have Cindy, and we have other callers. Uh, so push the one on your number dial when you're ready to get in. But let's first hear uh, this clip from Newt Gingrich on the 2016 South Carolina primary. And Donald Trump's win on that. He won South Carolina four years ago. Fox News contributor Newt Gingrich. Uh, your thoughts about tonight? Well, first of all, it is a huge night for Donald Trump, and nobody should kid themselves. Here's a guy who seven months ago, for the first time, entered electoral politics, has learned at an extraordinary rate, uh, came in second in Iowa, which is a very tough environment for him, with a caucus turnout project, uh, won New Hampshire decisively, won South Carolina decisively, and by any reasonable standard, this is a decisive victory. He's going to win. If you look at the numbers in Nevada right now, and the fact they only have a few days to turn it around, he's going to win Nevada. Now, at that point, somebody in the establishment, I've been listening with amusement to the conversation you're having. <laughs> you and I are must be thinking the same thing. And I'm like, yeah. if, you've been, if you've been listening, if you add this to this to this, oh, then, then you might be Trump. It's hilarious. Now, I mean, what people need to get, get a grip on in the Washington establishment is their job is to understand Trump. His job isn't to understand them. They live in a world of ideas and details and policy programs and long papers and, you know, conferences on ideas. This guy lives in a world of making very big decisions, doing very big things, uh, you know, and I think he can start keeping a list. Will there be a wall and how soon? Will he, in fact, have gotten through a dramatic change in health care and how soon? Will he, in fact rethink our policy in the Middle East and how soon. But these are future-oriented, and that's the base of his support, is people who are sick and tired of the, the day-to-day baloney that has, that has dominated American politics. Uh, and, and, and it's also a very simple rule. If you think Washington is so sick you want someone to kick over the table, then you like Donald Trump and you frankly don't care about the details. And remember, between Trump, Cruz, and Carson, 62% of South Carolina Republicans voted for very dramatic change. Mr. Speaker, let me ask you this, because I, I watch with amusement, and maybe I'll even add the word a little bit of frustration tonight, because I was watching people with their, and I was flipping channels all over the place, like, like a lot of us do in the news business, and I'm watching this person say, well, if you add this person's numbers to that person's numbers to this person's numbers, then you might have be in a position where Trump's really in trouble now, and I'd be very worried if, if I'm Donald Trump at this point. And I'm thinking, he just won South Carolina by a huge margin. He just won, you know, North New Hampshire by a huge margin. Let me give you a simple analogy. As, as you know, Chris and I are big Green Bay fans and actually own one share of stock. Now, if we could have borrowed... The Denver defense <laughs> for that game in Arizona. Green Bay could yeah. have gotten into the playoffs. And if we yeah, would have won the Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah, we would have won yeah. the Super Bowl. I mean, these guys, first of all, if Carson drops out, at least half these votes going to go to Trump. Second, you don't know today, because this is, a, and I, I can't overstate this, because you and I both have talked to Trump, and we've watched him, and, and we've been pretty tough with him 
Um, this is a guy who's learning every 24 hours. He's not the same person today he was yesterday. By the time he gets to the speech in Atlanta tomorrow, uh, where my, my dear friend Rennie Casey is helping organize it, and she's a remarkably sophisticated woman. When she came out for Trump, I began to realize this guy's got something going that's different. Then he's going to go to Nevada. He will be a slightly more mature, more thoughtful person by the time he lands in Nevada. And that's what people don't get. This is a serious man yeah. who has done serious things. He is, is for seven months now tried to figure out how to be president of the United States. And he keeps growing. You know, it's not that he's changing in, in, a, in, a, in a shallow sense of three consultants telling him what to dump. It's a very interesting guy trying to really understand a very complicated I think that I think, I think that is a, a, probably the most, I think the most honest analysis I've heard. You actually said something very early in the process, and you said it both on my radio show and right here on the Fox News channel, that if you want to know who Donald Trump is, read the art of the deal. You get some insight into his mindset. So here's my question for you. Going into Nevada, going into Super Tuesday, if you were to talk to him on the phone tonight and say, great job, but I would advise you to make these three minor tweaks, what would you tell him? I tell him, first of all, change nothing between now and Nevada because it's too short a time. Hold every possible rally in Nevada you can get to and go to every small town you can get to where they never see a candidate, and you'll win Nevada in a huge margin, and that gives you a boost. Then take a deep breath, take 24 hours off the campaign trail, and think about being a potential president rather than a potential candidate, and he will, he will begin to grow into a job vastly more humbling and vastly more challenging than anything he has ever dreamed of. Last question. What would you say, both, and, and Donald Trump acknowledged tonight, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, had good nights tonight. What would you say to them in the, in the great nights? What would you say to them in the, in the 30 seconds you have left? Marco needs to wrap up the entire establishment, become the, the practical alternative to the insurgency, and continue to communicate. And I thought he did a wonderful job tonight pulling together uh, the fact that an African-American senator, an Indian-American governor, uh, a Latino uh, presidential candidate, this is not the party the Democrats used to run against. And then second, I'd say to Cruz, he is right at the edge of breaking through. He, he has got to be a cheerful warrior. I saw him today at, at the Judge, Justice Scalia's funeral. Uh, I think he and Heidi, in fact, are enjoying this experience. And they've got to be a cheerful warrior and go on. It's a tough business. But after all, he's now one of three. I mean, there are only three plausible yeah. nominees. That's a pretty big achievement for a guy who's 45 years old. I think actually, for, is he 44 or 45? I'm not sure. I thought, I thought he was yeah. Okay, so he's 44. Right. I mean, no, 44, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Mr. Speaker, uh, great counsel advice as Good. always. Thank you for being with us. Right. Coming up, we have a lot more on South Carolina's report. Okay, folks, and uh, it is at the bottom of the hour, so before I bring in Dr. Colbert, I am going to uh, play our audio here from the Constitutional Party about the upcoming uh, presidential debate uh, that we will be streaming live here on Saturday at 2.30 Eastern Time uh, during our simulcast of their debate. We the people of the Constitution Party a surveyor, a vocational nurse, a behavioral counselor, ordinary citizens, extraordinary candidates. The public is invited to the 2016 Boise Presidential Debate, held Saturday afternoon, February 27th at 12.30 p.m. at Hayes Auditorium, Boise Main Library. For details, visit www. 
cpidaho.org. Brought to you by the people of the Constitution Party of Idaho. And folks, that is 12.30 p.m. Mountain Time this Saturday. If you are on the East Coast, that makes it at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, 1.30 Central, and 11.30 a.m. in the West. So that is the times. And again, this show at 2.30 Eastern Time this Saturday. Look forward to uh, you hearing that uh, being simulcast here uh, live on the show. Looking forward to it. Uh, pretty exciting stuff. And so let's go ahead and bring in Dr. Colbert, and then I want to make, make some other comments. But I'm, I'm not going to keep saying let's bring him in and not. I uh, want to get, uh, make some more comments. So thank you very much, uh, Dr. Colbert, uh, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. Thank you, Robert. I appreciate the opportunity. It's, uh, of course, 1030 here in Eastern Standard Time, and uh, I don't get yeah. often a chance to get on your show, but there was a couple issues that I just felt that were important, and since your show is now getting such great coverage, I thought it would be good to voice these concerns. So I'd like to take on number one is that Rubio is – uh, 45 this year. He was born in 1971. Uh, his parents were not naturalized until 1974. Uh, Rubio is not a natural citizen according to the Constitution. Uh, his parents never did file naturalization paperwork for him in 1974. So the subject matter would be, is he eligible? There are five lawsuits in the state of Florida. We filed grievances against the state of Florida. Uh, we, in, in fact, I was in front of the federal or the Florida Election Commission on another issue. I brought it to the uh, 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 Florida Election Commission. Uh, I also brought uh, Title 18, Amendment 5, 6, 7, 10, 11, and 14 against the state of Florida. Uh, so I'll close that issue with that because that is on our web. They can read the article under CFABamerica.com. On Monday, we had the two cons- three constitutional candidates on Blog Talk Radio with Sally. Uh, we'll be posting that link uh, tomorrow if anybody cares to listen to another political party. The third issue, there is uh, nine candidates running for the U.S. Senate in Florida taking Rubio's job. Uh, I am the only no-party-affiliated candidate, and I'm running for the United States Senate. And needless to say, we continually only hear about the Democrats and the Republican Party. The real issue tonight was the EPA with me. I just wanted to give everybody a little bit of background because I do get very involved, and I'm I'm getting really involved in my article that I'm writing now on the EPA, and it's uh, parallel to the vote that is or had been taken five to four to not allow the EPA to get involved uh, with the mercury issue and the climate control issues with the United Nations 
and President of the United States has been in support of. Prior to uh, the justices, uh, we'll call it assassination, uh, or death if you want to go that way, there was a guess whether it took place on the 11th, the 12th, or the 13th, and that the um, uh, death certificate originally was issued without uh, a person on hand, and there was supposed to be an autopsy that was issued but that has been squelched, and it's hard to say. Obama and Scalia had a meeting two hours prior to the death of Justice Scalia. Uh, there's several articles talking about how Obama uh, came in Air Force One and how there was a another airplane there and how the other airplane left with fighter jet escorts and Air Force One did not have it, uh, where Scalia and Obama were in conference. There's also the issue of a lot of people not being aware of that Texas is mainly the greatest contributor of energy of any of the other uh, states. One-fifth of our crude oil, one-fourth of our nation's fuel supply, one-fourth of our gas, uh, and manufacturing approximately 60% of our chemicals. So when you look at and you ask yourself and you put these coincidences together and you think of the May hearing with Scalia not being there, who was against the APA and who supported the constitutions under article eight of the constitution, the elimination or the clarification of Congress's authority, which does not include the EPA. And you put that together with the uh, article amendment 10, uh, which not in the constitution belongs to the state. And then you follow that with the fifth amendment and there's court cases and hearings now being taken and put forth in the Fifth Amendment. So when you look at who Scalia was, his Catholic background, his ties, uh, the fact that he was on a ranch in Texas of a multi-billionaire, how Obama was tied in with that individual, the production and the impact of production uh, if EPA gets its way on Texas, why Obama would want to put another uh, person in front of uh, the Supreme Court, why the Democrats would not want it to happen, and this is a point people are missing, uh, the Democrats would rather postpone the vote until after the election in hope that they took a greater majority of the Senate so that they could actually vote the candidate they want whereas everybody thinks it's going to be the Republicans that are going to hold it back. So there's a lot of issues right now that people aren't fully comprehending. Uh, number one, uh, people that are not Democrats and Republicans, such as the Constitutional Party, no party affiliated or independents are not being picked up by the press. Number two, that there are uh, violations of the U.S. Constitution, uh, several of the states uh, do not require a candidate uh, 
to prove their citizenship. Uh, if they're a Democrat or Republican, they only need to prove it if they are no party affiliated. And three, the biggest impact of what's going to be happening in America is the United Nations, the Illuminati's, the Jesuits, the uh, uh, EPA, uh, the control of the water and the land, uh, the Obama's administration. So if you look at the chief justice, you look at the violations of the Constitution, you look at the fact that there is no coincidence that these two men met and that Obama wanted him to change his vote uh, so that he would vote uh, that the EPA would have the right and that co-production and everything would fall into this, which gives uh, the authority to the United Nations actually to take it over. One other thing I want to throw out there is Agenda 21. Cruz's wife is very much involved into Agenda 21. So when people review the history of who's politically eligible, They look at where does the money come from. They look at the EPA and the coincidences and the political parties. I would recommend that everybody start looking at one of the other 1,400 candidates that are currently registered for the president of the United States. So that's kind of what I wanted to bring forth to you tonight, Robert. Well, I appreciate it. And if you would, I would uh, like you to send me those links. Uh, that you're talking about what what's you know information on Scalia, I could put it on the website as well as to uh put it on the Barnes Logical Talk uh page there on Facebook as uh and so I can get those out to folks too so uh they can read those articles. Yeah, Speaking of I, articles I, uh, I emailed, I emailed that to you earlier. I'm sorry, I did email that to you already. Oh all those links? Okay. I'll I'll, I'll double check my and go through my emails. And speaking of uh, articles, uh, check out and subscribe to the uh, Bard's Logic Pluto Talks uh, subscription to our media page, which you can go to the website at www.bardslogicpolitalktalk.com. Go to the Bard's Logic Newsroom, where you can subscribe to the newsletter, where you can get uh, some updates. Uh, It is something new. Uh, so I'd like some feedback as well. So if you uh, subscribe and uh, tell me what you think about it, tell me about the, what you think about the articles uh, that are on that page, as well as, you know, annual logistics. Is it working well for you? Is it not? Are you getting updates on a timely manner, things of that nature? Uh, that can really help uh, me make things better for you who are going to be accessing uh, those articles. And you can contact me by going to the contact page, of the website, as well as you'll see there, if you scroll down, you'll be able to see the emailing emailer that I occasionally send out to folks uh, to tell them information about the upcoming and the previous shows. Uh, so check that out at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Uh, so, and there's most other pages. Uh, and also check out uh, the Give page. Now, that ain't anything given to me uh, on that page. What that is, is uh, you can help with the Patriot Journalist Network. You can help with the New Gingrich to help pay off the 2012 debt. We also have uh, some organizations on there, such, such as the Kelsey Ray Project, as, long as, the, as well as the Sheldrick Wildlife Trust, 
with Cancer-Free Kids and the Angel Heart Farm. And on our Give page, you'll be able to find uh, these great organizations' links uh, to their um, their organizations and their websites. Uh, so definitely check that out on the Give page. Um, and those are the charities uh, that, you know, I've uh, had on the show as well. And so also, of course, be nice to uh, be able to give to them uh, too. So I uh, really appreciate that. And so we do have uh, Cindy on the line. So let's go ahead and get her into the show. Thank you very much, Cindy, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Well, I'm doing okay considering, um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on. And um, I, I, don't, I don't even know where to start, but uh, <laughs> there's a lot going on. So, uh, first of all, Dr. Talbert, thanks for coming on. Good to hear from you, Sue. And um, uh, I, I got to ask Dr. Talbert, um, does he think that Cruz is natural born or is he also not natural born? According to the Constitution, Cindy, it states, and Cruz uses this argument, he gets into McCain, and he said, well, if McCain's a citizen, and he was born in Panama, and McCain's parents, and I'm going to use the word S, were U.S. citizens, and he was born in, in, in Panama, then I'm eligible. And then the answer is, of course, McCain's parents were working for an embassy, and there were parents. So then what Cruz does he says, well, then you got Romney, and Romney's parents, again with the word S, uh, were uh, uh, he was born in Mexico, and therefore Romney was eligible, and the word again was an S. Now we get to Cruz, and we get into Cruz's mother was a U.S. citizen who gave up her citizenship, took a Canadian citizenship in order to vote. Cruz uh, ends up with a Canadian birth that did not get a U.S. birth certificate, uh, comes back and, and claims uh, that he is a U.S. citizen, even though his father held uh, a Cuban citizenship and a Canadian citizenship, even though he was born on foreign sur- uh, soil without parents, word S, uh, and nor was his mother or father a member of an embassy or the military. There are currently five lawsuits uh, against Cruz. So if you actually had a case go in front of the Supreme Court today and there was a division of votes of four and four, the state of Texas would uphold or deny it in lower courts. And this is one of the problems we're gonna be facing. Uh, The same thing, you're hearing everybody talking about Rubio, who has even a greater uh, chance of not being not only natural, but naturalized. So if you use the logic of the Constitution, if you lose the logic of the naturalization clauses and the rights of immigration and what the forefathers wanted was that anyone born prior to the signing of the Constitution, were automatic citizens. So that eliminates anchor babies, which Rubio would have been. It it then takes away the rights under Amendment 14, and it also clarifies throughout the entire Constitution the word both parents, and it also gets into where they should be born at. And the only stipulations or differentiations 
is I'm retired military master sergeant. My son was born in Germany while I was in the service, so he would be the stipulation of foreign-born one parent, or if you were in the case of uh, McCain in in Panama, but then we go to Romney, who the courts upheld because both parents were U.S. citizens. Again, not parent. Okay, well, we're both on the same page with that. I just wanted to have you on the record there. I do not believe that Cruz is Napa-born, and uh, mostly uh, mostly for the exact same reasons what you said, but mostly because he was born on Canadian soil, was there for four years as a child, and um, was not born on any kind of a military base or a U.S. territory, which McCain was. So you are 100% correct on that as far as I'm concerned. Now, I just wanted to um, comment on the the Gingrich uh, video or clip that he just played. And I got to tell you, Robert, my favorite my favorite uh, quote there, uh, and I don't know if I'm getting this exactly as a quote, but what he said was, it's not up to the RNC. I mean, he said it, it is up to the RNC to figure out Trump. It's not Trump's job to figure out the RNC. And he is so dead on with that. And I think the the interviewer was very clear about that, that that was something that he hadn't thought of before. And, you know, a lot of people in the RNC are not thinking like that. They have an entitlement mentality that because they're at the top and they're the leadership that everybody ought to be on their page and and as they can as what they need to do is is open their eyes take off the blinders and and look at what their population what is their membership republican membership what are they doing what are they saying what do they want because we have We've come to the point where they have so totally ignored us that um, uh, we've we've had it. We've had it. Now, I want to go back to the rules changes for just a minute. That's okay. Because what's coming up now is what's coming up. Okay. Well, what's been coming up now is the, the presumptive nominee is about to become uh, Donald Trump. Now, if you will recall, the rules changes in 2012, which were uh, designed to squelch the upswelling of the um, non-establishment candidates who were coming along. Mm-hmm. Part- it's coming back to bite in the ass. ass. Go ahead. Right. Uh-huh. Now, um, the... I'm going to pick three of the most egregious of the rules changes, okay? Um, First of all, Rule 12 adds to the power of the RNC chairman, or if it's a Republican president, then he has the power, the ability to change party rules at will at any time between conventions. Now, you know, it's strange. I guess they thought that they had this presidential primary wrapped up with Jebby, uh, himself, I thought. I guess they thought that he was going to be their knight in shining armor, uh, and now that he's not, they're probably right now wishing that they had not changed Rule 12, okay, or re- wishing that they had done some changes in between the conventions. Rule 16 
Rule 16 removes the rights of the states to choose their own delegates by forcing all state parties to allocate and bind the state's delegation to the national convention through presidential preference polls. Okay? That means whoever is the presumptive nominee must be supported by the states. Okay? That is... Well, I just don't even have words for that. But anyway, we, we were we were furious over that rule change. Okay, number forty, rule mm-hmm. number forty, previously required a five-state plurality, and because Ron Paul had gotten a few states and had more than mm-hmm. a five-state plurality, they decided they decided it was going to be eight. Okay, so now we have uh, we need an eight-state majority to nominate an individual, and the guy will become the presumptive nominee. Well, here we have Trump has four under his belt. He's already halfway there. And um, if you look at what's coming up. Well, he's got three out of the four, but. I thought there was, I thought there was, I thought he got four. Oh, wait a minute now. New Hampshire. He's got Carolina. South Carolina, New Hampshire, and Nevada. And he got North Carolina, didn't he? I thought he got North, North Carolina. Carolina. New Hampshire, Nevada. And South Carolina. Yeah, I thought I said that first. New Hampshire, South Carolina, Nevada. And North Carolina. North Carolina didn't have theirs yet. Oh, I th- okay. I'm sorry. I th- that's where I'm mistaken then. I thought that... Um, no, North Carolina has not had theirs yet. I thought that yet, I no. had read... They're part of the SEC, and I believe that's going to be, uh, that's going to be on Super Tuesday. Okay. Well, here we go. Super Tuesday's coming up, and then there's another, a uh, couple weeks later, there's another huge um, primary. And so mm-hmm. at, at this time, if you'll recall, at this before the Florida primary, Gingrich had surged in the polls and surged. He had won two states, and then um, now he was on his way to becoming, um, the, you know, one of the top uh, bidders. And, um, mm-hmm. of course, you know what happened, Rush and all the other yeah. establishment um, pundits out there decided they had to bring him down, and so they did. And um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, then once Romney had um, sealed up a few states, it was like nobody was even allowed to run against him anymore. The, the RNC put so much pressure on them and went against their own rules and gave monetary support to Romney uh, and um, uh, some endorsing support, uh, which they were not supposed to do. Um, And so here is Romney, uh, you know, getting the presumptive nominee thing right near the beginning. I mean, you know, only a few states um, had, had, you know, sealed their deals and – Romney was not all if you'll remember he he never got any more than about thirty percent of the vote, but because there were so many candidates like there kind of was at the beginning of this year um mm-hmm. he didn't have to uh and here's the thing you know he got thirty percent or less that meant that sixty percent of the nation had did not want the presumptive non did not want um right that that establishment candidate um and so they got their romney 
And, you know, Newt Gingrich warned uh, Ginsburg. He, I'm not, I'm sorry, it wasn't Newt. It was Morton Blackwell. He warned Ginsburg at the convention that his rules changes, his power grabs were going to hurt the Romney campaign because they were going to outrage the grassroots conservative people. Mm -hmm. And he absolutely ignored him. Romney's campaign and Ginsburg, uh, Ginsburg, which was the head of um, Romney's campaign, just totally uh, just ran right over Blackwell, made it impossible for him to come and deliver the letter of um, uh, disagreement. What's the name? What's the word they use? Um, we have a, a the national the, the committee the the national uh, rules committee. Republican National Rules Committee um, had their rules all set. The the rule states that if there is a letter of disagreement, it's oh, another word. There's another word for it, but anyway, this letter of disagreement needs to be uh, presented to the rules committee in their final meeting, and um, at that point they begin a, a debating process on the. On the on the letter of um, disagreement, um, they made sure that um, Mr. Blackwell did not, and the whole Virginia delegation, by the way, they he they made sure that they never made it to the convention to deliver that letter. His bus went around and around and around and around. First of all, it was an hour late leaving the hotel for no apparent reason. Second of all, it went around and around and around like it was lost or something. But you and I were there, and I know where I was sitting. I watched a big white bus go around and around and around, same people in it. And I I thought to myself at the time, that's really weird. What is that bus doing? And then come to find out later on, that was the Virginia delegation and they were they were purposely keeping them away from the convention until the rules committee had had their unanimous vote without the letter of disagreement. So the people of this party are incensed, and um, the 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 fact that Trump could garnish more conservative votes than Cruz. Um, just goes to show you that even Christian conservatives have had it with this party, and they're willing to go with somebody like Trump, who is way outside their values. Um, mm-hmm. To, to Robert, get to Robert ask Stockford. as their nominee. Yeah, Stockford Tober, can I interject this one thought? Sure. Well, actually, yes, but first, and, and, and you can. But first, I need to. Uh, Go to our audio here for the Patriot Journalist Network, and let's go ahead and hear from them, and then we'll get you in, Dr. Colbert. Thank you. You're just listening to a show. You're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team, grassroots, conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, 
Check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at PatriotJournalist.com. Let PJNet add our muscle to your hustle. And definitely, folks, check out the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. And so let's go ahead and uh, bring it over uh, to you, Dr. Tolbert, and then we have John on the line as well as Kelly. And others, if you'd like to chime in, give us a call at 347-945-7428. We still have plenty of time and plenty to talk about uh, tonight, as well as I want to bring something back a little bit. Uh, in a little while about uh, the Scalia and the vote and to blocking the nominees. I do have a an article I want to read about two of these senators who are seem to be backtracking on the support for blocking any of the nominees. And we want to uh, read an article on what they had to say. And definitely, folks, uh, go to the Bard's Logical Little Talk website, and you'll see on the contact page, you scroll down, uh, you'll see where there's the link to get the uh, your senator's contact information and uh, contact them on making sure that they do indeed stay and block those nominations. So let's go ahead and bring it back to you, Dr. Tolbert. Go ahead and make your reply. Yeah, there, there's, there's three minor or major comments. One, that there is no such thing as political parties in the U.S. Constitution. Number two, the president and or the vice president are supposed to be voted in separately, not jointly. Number three, we wrote an article called uh, the uh, fraud, uh, uh, election fraud, where Romney owns over eight uh, voting machines in eight different states, several of which are registered in, in Venezuela. And how even in the vote in Florida where we were showing 14% to Fox News and we only pull 82 votes and how votes are being manipulated and how we need to get away from election fraud. So no matter what happens with Trump as far as what he pulls, the voting machines ownership by the Romneys and the Republican Party the president will be elected, whether it's the Obama with the Bush support or the Cruz and, and Rubio, it will be done without the Americans even realizing that there's voter fraud going to take place again in, in 2016. Well, um, and, and like real, I said, real quick, real, real quick, Cindy, before we lose it, we lose the thought. Uh, you mentioned earlier uh, Mark Black, uh, Mark Blackwell. We did have him uh, some time ago on the show, but one of the things we featured while he was on here uh, was his presentation of the Rules Amendment. And just to kind of refresh people's memory of that, I do have a, a brief audio here. It's only about six minutes, uh, six and a half minutes. And so let's go ahead and hear from that, and then we'll bring it back to you, Cindy. Then we're going to bring in John, and then we have Kelly. Then we uh, have other callers. Uh, and then we want to bring it back uh, to you, too, Susan, um, so we can bring it back around in our roundtable discussion. Uh, but I want to make sure we get everybody in before we bring some things back around. we got plenty of time, plenty uh, to talk about. So let's go ahead and hear uh, from that audio that you referred to, Cindy, from Morton Blackwell. 1325 of the Republican National Committee are hereby amended to be the rules adopted by the 
2008 Republican National Convention has subsequently amended by the Republican National Committee pursuant to Rule 10D and further as unanimously recommended on August 23, 2012 by the Republican National Committee and that Rule 1 through 11 and 13 through 25 be changed. Is your second to the motion? Second by Mr. Smack of uh, Nevada. Uh, please proceed, Mr. Thompson. Thank you. Uh, there has been an enormous outrage over certain things which happened at the Tampa Convention, uh, and which were evidenced by uh, the enormous opposition to the adoption of the rules by the convention. Uh, the rules that were uh, reported by uh, the Convention Rules Committee. There is, and every person in this room is aware of it, still an enormous unrest over this. In my judgment, I've been frank to say it, it was power grab, power grab by Ben Ginsburg, uh, who accurately described himself as the Romney campaign leader on the Convention Rules Committee. Um, and there is considerable outrage, and we have, I believe, here an opportunity to demonstrate to grassroots people that we want to join the Republican Party, that we reject this matter of power grab. And, uh, and so that's what my proposal would do. I've handed out to you uh, a, uh, a multi-page thing here, which, which says, which includes the text of uh, the, the rules changes as the rules would read from what they are now, going back to the, the provisions that were adopted unanimously by the Republican National Committee the day before the Rules Committee meeting. Um, I think a clear break, a clear repudiation of what was done there is important. Um, many, many people have described what was happening as an outrage. It's been described as a travesty. There's hardly a negative term that hasn't been described, that hasn't been used to describe this. Uh, and, and we have the opportunity to pass this resolution. And then, after we have passed it, those elements of the rules which were changed which are not objectionable, can easily be added uh, onto the rules. So we do not lose any of the good work of the Convention Rules Committee. But I think we need a, a clear demonstration to the grassroots people we want in our party that we are not in favor of concentrating power. We want power to flow from the bottom up. We want to treat newcomers uh, fairly, politely, and where possible, cordially. And I think this needs to be done. And we've all received a lot of emails on it. I've also had distributed to you a, uh, a letter uh, dated April 8th for us that is signed by 64 conservative movement leaders, uh, starting off with Ed Meese and including Grover Norquist and Phyllis Schlafly and many others who are historic supporters uh, of the Republican Party. They see that this is important. I believe we to take this opportunity to come out of this convention saying we have done something constructive and the Republican Party welcomes newcomers. And this, this is our opportunity to do it. And I urge you, please, uh, to do this. Uh, 
Chairman Priebus has told me that he would support a record vote on, on my proposal, and I'm going to request a record uh, vote on this so that we all have an opportunity to express ourselves uh, and so that everybody can know how we vote on this, this matter of repudiating the power grabs that took place in Tampa. Thank you. Thank you. Is there additional discussion? Yes, Mr. Chairman, on behalf of myself and the entire delegation, we like to stand with Morton, and I plan to speak so I can speak no more. Just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's any accident that probably, arguably, the two most grassroots parties in the RMC the state of Virginia, which I understand is as many as 18 or 20,000 grassroots delegates at their state convention in the past. And Texas, which did have the largest state convention this year, we have 18,000 delegates and alternates. That those two parties, which try to really pay attention to their grassroots, are in the same position on this. We are getting hundreds and hundreds of emails from delegates to our state convention. Every one of them wants us to go back to the prior rules. As I've traveled to say Texas, and I do that extensively, everybody at every meeting we get asked about this. I have yet to have a single person in our state tell us that they want to maintain the current rules. So if we're going to truly be a grassroots party, I think we need to listen to a grassroots. I understand the arguments that some make that this is not against the grassroots, but I have news for y'all, it's interpreted that way. So I think we need to make a strong statement that this party is not top down, this party is bottom up, and guess what, we listen. And wasn't that what the Growth and Opportunity Project is supposed to be all about? Thank you for your attention. Where are you, Robert? Hello? I muted myself. I apologize for that, folks. <laughs> um, <laughs> just okay. reading about some things. Um, so here I am, and uh, let's go ahead and uh, bring things back. Looks like we lost Dr. Tolbert. Hopefully we'll be able to uh, get him back on. Perhaps he just had to go away. We also had another uh, – Another Skype caller. Uh, if you'd like to give us a call back at 347-945-7428. Um, so let's go ahead and bring it back to you because you brought that up, Cindy, and then we'll bring in John. Uh, go ahead, Cindy. And I'm going to be away well, for a moment. I'm just kind of uh, going over something. Uh, well, bring in John then uh, before gonna, you go away. <laughs> uh, the uh, RNC you know, just has totally... The RNC has just totally underestimated our displeasure, and I think they're they're seeing the the fruits of that um, stonewalling of the grassroots of, of our of our party. So, um, you know, maybe from now on they're going to look at things differently. Maybe they still have a plan. Do not underestimate them either. They may absolutely still have a plan, and still have a way to get one of their candidates in here even if it turns out to be one of the candidates that is not normally considered establishment, 
but they slid him in under the radar and he is actually establishment. And I speak of possibly Trump and, of course, Cruz, but I, I just hardly think he's not going to get the, the nomination. Um, but um, we'll let John in. Um, but I got some other comments to make, um, uh, especially about a different subject, too. So uh, something that came up today in the news. Okay, let's go ahead and bring in John, and then we'll get in Kelly, and then we'll uh, read that article about those two senators from Illinois who are backing away from blocking any of Obama's nominations. Let's go ahead and bring in uh, John, and anyone else like to chime in uh, or just call in, give us a call at 347-945-7428. Thank you very much, John, uh, for calling in. How are you tonight? Oh, I'm doing fine, thank you. It sounds like everybody else here is doing fine, too, Pay on, because this kind of spurred from when he was talking earlier, and it goes back to a, a show, uh, I don't know if it's last week or the week before, so if um, Rubio and Cruz are ineligible because they're not natural-born citizens, and they get the nominee... Does anybody think that the Democrats aren't going to try to use illegal means to get them disqualified in order to just usher in their own candidate? Does anybody know? I'm not sure that say say that again. Rubio and Ted Cruz are supposedly ineligible. They're not natural-born citizens as depicted. Okay? So if everybody keeps turning a blind eye to this issue, and either one of them gets nominated as the Republican nominee, and in the general election, do we think that the Democrats are going to continue to just turn a blind eye to it? Or do you think they're going to actually push that in the courts in order to disqualify Cruz or Rubio in order to usher in their own candidate? I just think that's a setup. No, no, okay, I tell you the reason I don't think, now uh, this is all conjecture, we can only offer an opinion because we're not in the the thick of all these people, but I, I fully believe that the globalists have this all under control and 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 they want they want no borders and so the quicker they can get our constitution uh completely revamped to where anybody can be our president the better off for them um they don't care if it's a republican or a democrat because they're all together all the ones at the top are all together in the the globalist the new world order agenda okay so I don't think they care if Cruz or Rubio gets the nomination as long as they are part of the New World Order. Now, is Cruz part of the New World Order? Uh, Dr. Tolbert talked about that, said he was. I wanted to ask him what he, what his, what uh, information he had on that. The only thing I know of for sure is that his wife Heidi was a member of the CFR. That's the only thing. And plus, she is uh, vice president in the, um, um, come on now, what's the bank that she's vice president of? Somebody help me. Um, Goldman Sachs? Goldman Sachs. Yeah, Goldman Sachs. Sorry, yes. She's vice president of Goldman Sachs, which is was probably one of the very first to get the bailout money um, under Obama. Uh, actually, 
that would have come under Bush, I believe. Yeah. So anyway, um, <clears throat> those two things place her smack dab in the middle of the globalists. Does it place Cruz there? I don't know. We've seen a lot of political couples that seem to go separate ways and they think differently, um, but they all tend to meld together in, into one anyway. You've got, um, you know, uh, Schwarzenegger and, and the Kennedy girl. Uh, you've got, um, what's his name with the bald head, bald head and his wife. They, they're both, you know, opposite ends. But when you really look at them closely, they're both in the middle of the newer order. So if that, if, if that is their strategy, I'd kind of be surprised uh, if they just wanted to wait and see if these non-Americans got the um, the uh, nomination because uh, then you would see a really hard push towards getting Hillary um, indicted uh, for all well, those criminal activities. So that, that's just that, my opinion, though. Yeah, I understand. I appreciate your feedback because definitely it just strengthens us all to discuss these so we can all grow in wisdom and knowledge from each other. But yeah. um, to to me, your comment implies that everybody's just going to turn a blind eye to the Constitution. But you have all kind. There's about three or four different lawsuits already against Cruz, mm-hmm. and I don't know how many against Rubio. So that assumes that the courts are going to turn a blind eye and just say, oh, these are negligent lawsuits. These people are natural born. And I did, it's just hard for me to believe that we have 30, you know, 330 million people supposedly in this oligarchy of um, fascist dictators are going to be able to get away with that without an uprising somewhere. Because if we got millions of dollars being spent, people are going out and voting with the hopes that they're going to write their constitution and we're going to write the ship and putting our country back on the right track and on stable footing, they're being defrauded of their privilege and right of self-determined governance. Who do we sue? The RNC, the FEC, the federal, our, you know, our Congress or all of them. I mean, I don't have, I don't have a lot of trust in our, in our justice department right now. I don't know that, that that's where I'd lay my my trust at, uh, um, pin my hopes. I, I just don't think I'd pin them there. You remember? Well, I don't. You weren't on the show back then. You're a relatively new listener, John. But back in 2012, um, there were lawsuits against Romney, and uh, uh, because he did not necessarily win the the nomination for president uh, fairly. And there was a lot of fraud that went on within our party. And so our part, some people within our party, uh, delegates to the convention, people high up in the parties at different states, uh, actually um, filed lawsuits against the RNC. And these lawsuits went to, well, one was the Ninth Circuit in California, which is one of the most liberal of all the justices. You would think that they would... Um, uh, just want to create all kinds of havoc for the Republican Party and 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 decide against Romney, right? Uh, they didn't. Um, there were other lawsuits. Nothing went anywhere. And if you'll recall, 
there were many, uh, Sheriff Arpaio and other people uh, filed lawsuits against Obama not having his, uh, uh, his ha- having a, um, a, a made-up made birth certificate and a stolen Social Security number. So, um, you know, and they totally just, you know, kicked all of that out of the courts, and they had really airtight uh, informa- um, uh, evidence, evidence on them. Yeah, so... Uh, you know the the courts have had their chance to to rule on this um and and to rule you know according to you know election uh, you know primaries and elections they've 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 put their stamp on it okay and basically what they have done is stamp out the constitution we have not been able to trust them uh stamp so far constitution in that way I mean, we're really talking vague and generalized here, so we don't really know the details. But doing it, any, even in the way it seems that it's being done, you would think that little by little, more and more, we the people would realize that justice is just deteriorating faster and faster, and it's just ushering in arc anarchy. Mm-hmm. You know, every man for himself, you know, eat or be eaten, take or be taken. I mean, I don't understand how they think that we're not going to have a revolution if these people don't actually start living up to we all get to decide, you know, what the laws and rules and all are because we're equal citizens and then we have equal rights to self-determined governance. And if we are deprived of our right to exercise our ownership of a self-determined governing people, then we have the right to put on our George Washington hat and kick King George of Britain's rear. Well, they they are absolutely, they are counting on that. That's the reason they have over 600 detention camps built all around, these FEMA camps built all around are are for just that um, occurrence. They are waiting for that to happen. Is that like the UN um, Jade? Helm thing? Uh, well, that the Jade Helm was just a. Uh, it didn't get as big as they wanted it to because they kind of got outed. But uh, basically, yes, it's it's that way, and that uh, and they are expecting. Well, I don't think they need Jade Helm in order to squelch a uh, a physical revolution here, uh, a voters' re- revolution. Uh, they probably have. They'll have a lot of trouble um, because it could become very obvious if they try as much voter fraud as they might need to have. Um, they're, they're, it would have to be huge voter fraud um, for them to not get away with their voter fraud. Now, you've got True the Vote, and, and that's a, a marvelous organization out there in Texas. It's, it's nationwide now, and they're doing a fantastic job of cleaning up the rolls of these um, – voter rolls of all the different states and taking off the names of people who either are dead, moved away, illegal, felons, I mean you name it. They're still on the rule on the law on the uh, books and when the name is on the book and the guy doesn't come to vote, they just send someone else in there to vote, okay, in their place. And so you got people like that lady uh that that got arrested that that voted 10 times and then bragged about it. I mean, she didn't even think she could be uh, prosecuted for that. She was so confident 
that no one was going to mess with her for voting ten times. Um, that's the kind of voter fraud, um, uh, just in-your-face attitude that these people have. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, they could still they could win a vote they could win an election through voter fraud, despite what the people want. But a, a voter revolution a re- voter revolution would have to um, include all the people getting completely on the same page, and you're going to have to have more than the half of the country on that page. Otherwise, you've got all the entitlement people. Uh, who want to have that government check come in the mail? They're gonna. They're the people who are deciding who wins our elections. And I was just reading a paper the other day of uh, some guy who was writing just to that effect that he did not think that there was going to be a chance for uh, conservative voters to ever get our politician into the presidency again because of all those factions of people. You've got the illegal aliens. You've got um, African Americans. Which are trying to get to let them vote. Right. You've got, you've got um, the the women, the women's libbers. You've got all these little uh, subgroups of people who want their check to come in or they want their their free ride, their free pass, to go behave any way they want to behave and force you and I to accept that behavior. And so all those people come together over here, and if they make, if they add up to more than 50%, we will never beat them in a presidential election again. So that's what we have uh, facing us. So let's go ahead, and at this point I want to go uh, bring in Kelly uh, to get his comments, and we're going to bring things back around to Susan, and then we'll uh, go ahead and read that article that I want to get out uh, for us. But if you're out there and you'd like to chime in or be a part of the show, it looks like we only got about 33 minutes of the live portion of the show, but we will be going town. Time's going fast tonight. and But we will go into our extended period. To give us a call at 347-945-7428. And if you'd like to chime in, give us a one on the number dial. Uh, folks, I did uh, reach out, reach back out to Dr. Tolbert uh, and see if he was going to be able to come back on the show. I am still awaiting a reply from him uh, to do so. So we'll uh, wait and, and see what happens with that. But first, let's go ahead and uh, get in Kelly. Kelly, thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Hey, doing good, doing good. And, uh, you know, I'm a class clown. I was going to ask if uh, Christina yeah. Tolbert was was his daughter. You remember I'm Christina sorry. Tolbert, uh, <laughs> the redhead oh. that came on the show and talked about? You know, she was the one who did the uh, um, other party debates with Larry King. That was that was huge. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the reason why I say that is because my Valentine's ad didn't work. I put an ad in the paper that said. Uh, Fixer upper man seeks codependent woman. What a mess. Yeah, no phone calls, so I was going to ask him. But anyway, all right. Oh, my gosh. I cannot believe how many issues have been brought up. I mean, that's, this is a four-hour, six-hour conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so Cindy, I'm glad you were aware of the uh, Republican uh, situation there. And I, I'm just shocked that the Republicans would cheat. I thought they loved the Constitution and followed the rules that they made. Um, yeah. Um, let's see. How does this work? Um, Rince Priebus can write any rule he wants. Let's see. Um, something to exclude Trump, um, you know, make up a new rule for party King, <clears throat> King Priebus. Let's see. Uh Donald Trump can't be the president. No, 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 that's that's too direct. That's too obvious. Um, let's see. No one can be president who has not held a, a government, an elected office. Oh, boom, there you go. He's out. <laughs> you know, I, I have no idea where the Republicans... Don't think it's something. Yeah, I mean, can, can you, I mean, why don't you just say we're the oligarch and F you? I mean, I didn't swear there, but... Um, I mean, but what the beep are they thinking? And how in the world are they going to attract the voters um, if they can make the rules as they go along to suit the establishment? Uh, I mean, that's just an example of, of some rule that uh, Mr. Priebus could... And why is he still the national chair? I I, I don't... Anyway. Um, but I have noticed something about Trump that shows him he's not establishment. I, um Oh, a couple things actually. Um, do you remember when in 2012 that all the Gingrich and Ron Paul supporters were told, and Santorum supporters were told during the primary, you know, only Romney can beat Obama. So let's let's get behind Obama and get campaigning way ahead of time for the general election. Who says Romney was? Well, we say it because we're oligarchs, but um, yeah. Right now, Trump is polling even against Hillary to win. So I was like, wait, wait, wait. Why are they saying about? Why are they not saying this about Trump now? Oh, did that? Oh, that's right, because they wanted Romney to be the king. That's that's missing from what happened in twelve. And then we go to um, let's see. The Republicans would like to beat the Democrats in general. That's why they have these two parties, and so what would that be? Oh, yeah, you want more Republicans and Democrats. I mean, I can't kind of make it any more simple than that. And so, if which he is, if Donald Trump is bringing in a whole bunch of new people who haven't really been active, then why are they trying to discourage them? It doesn't make sense. Oh wait, we're back to oligarch again. Oh. I'm still libertarian. I had a I had a temptation to go into the Republican Party. <clears throat> um, still got to make it my thing about that one. But anyway, um, I, I you know I, I, Trump is showing a lot of good things that the establishment doesn't like. And now they're like somebody pointed out earlier. And Robert interrupting when Dr. Colbert comes back on, so I can ask about his daughter. Um, anyway. <laughs> But no, 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 I want to hear his thoughts on it. He brought up, this guy is sharp. I wish Mr. Tolbert comes back, because, man, he's got his finger on all sorts of issues, all sorts of, like, wow, this guy is fully aware of what's going on. Um, but, but yeah, oh, gosh, he's aware of electronic election fraud. Yeah, that's a little bit important, you know, your paper vote gets turned into electrons. And they're so easy to get changed, and they window dress it. And even if they don't like it, they change the rules at the last minute, and they drive Morton Blackwall around in a bus to keep him away from. And what it was, Cindy, it was uh, it used to be 
you had to demonstrate a, um, it was either a five or six state plurality. Ron Paul, I believe, had seven states, Louisiana, Minnesota, I can't remember the others. Yes, he and, had seven. Uh, yeah, he had seven. And so they said, oh, eight-state plurality. Yes, okay, at the last second, keep Martin Blackwell out of it and the Virginia delegates. And, oh, goodness. What happened in Virginia? Kentner was removed. He was the House Majority Leader, not the Speaker, that's Boehner, but House Majority Leader was out because the grassroots in Virginia figured it out that we're going to do the precinct strategy we're going to boot your beep out of there. So the grassroots, I think the word you use, Cindy, was displeasure. Um, that's a nice British way to say uh, with the people are, are not in uh, pleasure right now. We're, we're rather um, displeasured. In fact, we're a little bit um, uh, put off at the Republicans. Um <laughs> So, Cindy, yeah, you you, you kind of nailed that, and and so we there's an uprising going on, uh, multiple states, Michigan, because the precinct strategy, either this election cycle or in a couple of years, is going to be basically uh, liberty-minded Republicans. Virginia, Cantor, you're out. Um, Kentucky is going that way. Um, Louisiana is having a some type of revolution or revival, whatever you call it. Other states are just Texas. Oh my gosh, Californians that move there are um, conservative. So, you know, one look at Texas is doing already. So, a lot of people are getting together in very different pockets. Of course, California, we're still going down that thing that you flush a few times a day. Uh, um, but, oh gosh, how many, how many more issues do I have to talk about? It's possible. Um, Oh gosh, in house, in house. You ever been to a state convention or a national convention or county? I've, okay, I've done, I've done county, I've done district, I'm a state, I went to national, all these different conventions. The in house stuff, in house. Did I mention in house? That's where a lot of the work really gets done, and it gets nasty. Even the libertarians are, oh, let's all be free and then fight and play games. Still, okay. it's just a human. Yeah, it's just the natural state of humans put them in a room. Even the founding fathers couldn't agree on the right in the Constitution. So, but if uh, the Trumpster gets a lot of new people with common sense, everyday folk like you and me, and they start getting into uh, key positions in states, um, they are going to have to, however, they are going to have to understand Robert Tools' borders. They're going to have to understand alliances at the convention. They're going to have to understand and be ready because Robert's rules, if you don't know them, you will get flanked so quick and whatever you're trying to accomplish, you're toast. I mean, the simple point of order, point of information, uh, some other things are really powerful. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm going to have to watch the frighteningness of, um, okay, Donald's winning. Donald's winning. I mean, at least the Democrats are a little more open and honest. I mean, New Hampshire, um, <clears throat> Bernie Sanders beat Ava Braun, uh, although Ava Braun had um, more delegates, so... You know, as far as convention goes, Ava Braun won. I'm sorry, um, I mentioned this comment to somebody. I said, you know, Bernie Sanders beat Ava Braun. He said, "How? Uh, hey, 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 that's not fair to compare Ava Braun to Hillary Clinton. Um, I mean, what has she done so bad to compare her to Hillary Clinton? Yeah. But well. it, it's frightening that, and, and, and uh, James is, I think, with John. John was asking about is anybody doing anything regarding uh, Ted Cruz 
and Rubio and their citizenship thing. Thing. Um, well, actually, there is something going on. Um, Congressman uh, Grayson from Florida, Democrat, he has basically said, if Cruz wins the nomination, I'm suing. Well, sorry, stand in line, buddy. I mean, why are the Republicans... Um, Gosh, I remember, I reminded when I stayed overnight at my cousin's house back in Iowa. I was like 12, and his um, dad, my Uncle Paul, was very active. And uh, I saw the sticker on a door. It had a cow on it. And it said, let's import a president. I'm like, you know, (laughs) I was a kid. I'm like, I've already done that. Yeah, I was 12 years old. Yeah, they're already doing it. Like what? The, I, why do I remember this sticker on my cousin's door? Is wow. it doing it? Um, gosh, wow. I I would encourage people to get signed up for precinct captains and, and at least get into the county party. Um, well, easy to win. A lot of positions are open. Kelly, that kind of brings me to an issue I did want to bring up today, as far as uh, you know, importing uh, a president. You know. They want us to import, they, they want to open our borders so anybody can be president. And they want the um, the minorities to be in control wherever they can uh, as long, because the minorities are easier for them to control. Uh, the minorities just really like being, uh, they, they don't really care about uh, ideology or, you know, morals, values. Uh, political success or failure, depending on you know what your um, uh, you know what your policies are. Well, well Cindy, you know, Cindy, you know I, I'm I'm already I'm I'm insulted right now because pretty soon me the white Caucasian European I I'm going to be a minority pretty soon, and so you're insulting me here. Yeah, well, you know I'm going to insult you more <laughs> because I got something else. <laughs> I got another insult for you here. Do you okay. have you heard about the um the shoe prints on the sidewalk at the University of Oklahoma? Prints in the sidewalk? Yeah. Yeah. The uh, University of of Oklahoma has uh put shoe prints, they have painted shoe prints on the sidewalk. They have targeted the engineering school in particular. And they have things like this. I only wrote down one of the quotes because it was uh you know just uh, I just was so startled by it. But it says, it's not your fault if you're privileged. It's your fault if you deny it. And the rest of the footprints talk about the privileged being the white people, okay, um, as if there were no white poor people, first of all. But um, I guess they haven't been to the Appalachian Mountain states yet. Uh, but anyway, the poorest of the poor in the third world countries <laughs> don't get out of those countries. They don't get out and come to America. They don't get out and go to colleges. And so the minorities that are going to these colleges cannot by any stretch of the imagination be be called a victim, okay? They are part of the privileged. Uh, Some of them come from families that are way wealthier than me. They can get into a college when my kid couldn't. If a minority is under underprivileged here, shouldn't 
that minority just go back to their country of origin? Because wouldn't they be the privileged in that country? Are white folk privileged there also? No matter where they go, is the white person privileged just because of the color of his skin? Just like you said, Kelly, if that's the case, then we are the minority because we are the minority in this world, and and if uh, uh, and and so why are we being treated so bad? We should be the victimized. Um, but why are they? Um, you know, the, how about this? White people, if they want to call us successful, let's look at why they're successful. Is it because they work hard in a free market system? Is it because they get better educations? Is it because they live in a Christian culture that is a blessed culture and follows a plan uh, that was put down by God that assured them of success? Um, what is what is why are they? Could privileged? it be? Well, let me. Uh, could it be that you know, right? You know, right now, to my understanding, sixty percent of all. Uh, of the babies are born out of wedlock. I, that might have something to do with it. <laughs> yeah. So well. Yeah, well, but uh, well, you know, uh, uh, Cindy. But did you ever? Did you ever think? I, I, uh, 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 go ahead. Well, I'm rather. And then we want, we've trying. got Holly. Also, uh, folks, we do have Holly on the line, and I think uh, the discussion here uh, is a great <laughs> segue into an audio I have of where the media. Uh, tries to, uh, you know, they're having an interview with Ben Carson, and uh, media is trying to, you know, get some gotcha questions on him uh, with uh, something he said about Obama and about uh, his experience as a black man. And so I think this is actually will be a good segue for that. So we'll finish uh, your points, and I'll bring in Holly. And then I'm going to play that uh, audio. It's about 15 minutes, but it was a great interview, I think, uh, Ben Carson. It did a great job. Uh, I really, really wish that he could have got more media coverage and, and perhaps uh, he would be in a better situation uh, delegate-wise and, and even, in you know, election-wise. Because, I mean, among the Republicans, he is my first pick. Um, but unfortunately, because of uh, we all know how the media is, uh, that you know, I just don't think he's got a shot. And I, and I think, actually, uh, the reason why Donald Trump is, one of the reasons why Donald Trump is doing so well is, uh, he has a skill that, unfortunately, uh, Ben Carson does not, and that is to make his own media. But let's go ahead and uh, go back over the, to your conversation, and I want to bring in Holly. And then anyone else who wants to chime in, we only have about 15 minutes uh, before you'll be able to call into the extended period of the show. So you'll need to give us a call at 347-945-7428. So let's go ahead and bring it back to Kelly and Cindy. Then we're going to bring in Holly, and then we're going to play that audio. Go ahead, uh, folks. Uh, I, I don't want to well, well, bring in uh, the other folks, too, as well as John and, and Susan, but we've got well, plenty I, I of time to, left in the show. Go ahead. I, I want okay, to go well, ahead and respond to uh, Cindy's privilege, um, you know, being the major, majority, soon to be minority. Yes, it was rather privileged, you know, raised on a farm where we work hard all the time. But once I got to college, you know, because I just looked so good, we just handed out my engineering degree. Oh, that's fun. You know, sleep till noon. Uh, Maybe do a little bit of homework. And I went to grad school and sleep till noon again, a little bit of homework. And, and then I got 21 hours of state exams. That, you know, they just, I guessed at it and they let me pass. Now I charge them $99 an hour and a half. 
the whole time as an engineer. Yeah. So I'm privileged. Yes, yes. That's that's how I did it. I uh, I sloughed off, and no, that's not how that works. Um, no, I think so. I think you were a hard <laughs> worker, and you, you 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 know, if you were like a lot of white kids, you're working your way through college. Our, my, I couldn't, as a parent, uh, afford to send my kids to college, um, all three of them. Now, I, I have been able to help one of my ch- children go to college. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, uh, I didn't need to help my one of them get into um, – well, I had to, I pay, had to pay an out-of-state um, tuition for, for one of my daughters for one year. N- now we're helping her with her master's. But they they got their tuition free because of the Florida um, uh, Bright Futures scholarship. So she got her uh, you know education at UCF pretty much okay and uh, by her by herself. But the other expenses occur when you're yeah. trying to go to college. You don't have just tuition. You have all kinds of expenses. But n- oh, ne- well, I, I was, never mind. I was working I was working 20 hours a week at a computer lab yes. and I had 18 credits. Five hours of sleep was quite common. Mm-hmm. I don't. I I look back. I don't even know how I did it, but just your youth and energy. Five hours sleep. I, that's I, how yeah. things are now. <laughs> that's it. That's it. It's youth and energy. That's the only reason you get through it. I couldn't do anything like that now. Well, what I didn't but, do. You know, did I didn't, you, I, but yeah, what I didn't do is party all the time and goof off and play PlayStation. I mm-hmm. worked my butt off. Right. I mean, well, you know, but oh, that's right. I'm privileged because yeah, whatever. Well, just look at how they're they're mind engineering uh, these children. Uh, this, the young people today are being so pumped full of of um, disinformation and lies and um, just. I mean, did you ever think that a, a confessed, unapologetic socialist would re- win elections here in the United States, um, and and that that politician is actually got most of the youth vote in the Democrat Party. Uh we're in denial. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of that's kind of scary thing if you think about it. <laughs> Tell me about it. We're, we're we were in denial when when they won the socialists won in France. We were in denial when the socialists won in Germany. They won in Sweden, Holland, now they're in England. They're all over the place. We were in denial that it could it could not happen to us. Okay? It is happening to us. In fact, it's probably already happened to us. But political correctness is the tool that got us to this place. They have used uh, political correctness to condemn us, um, criticize us, um, and, and, and it's because they say that we criticize low-income blacks, Latinos, and now even um, middle- and upper-class Muslims. Uh, we, can't, we can't criticize them either. For anything, we can't criticize anybody on uh, how to be because they're lazy or because they're dropouts or um, just because they think they're entitled to reparations for being poor or being victimized or maybe their relatives six generations back were slaves. Um, but we're not allowed to to bring any of that up. It's politically incorrect. And uh, once they shut us, the white person, up. And um, don't let them fight back uh, and defend themselves. You you relegate us to being the um, the uh, victimized, okay? 
and but it's not going to look that way. I mean, that's not what they're going to call it. They're still going to call us privileged, even though we are the ones being victimized. Um, I even saw some statistics that if white people don't start having more babies, um, we will disappear off the planet. Have you oh, read yeah. those statistics? Well, well, actually, it's interesting. Well, it's actually well. I haven't read the statistics, but I mean, more, uh, Patrick Buchanan uh, in his book "The Death of the West" has been saying that uh, probably mm-hmm. since. Um, well, let's see, when was this book published? Um, and actually, uh, this may be in part and parcel. I got to get the particulars, uh, but that's actually one of the questions. Uh, that they'll be talking about in regards uh, to, like, with illegal immigration. This is something uh, back from 2002, okay? That's when uh, it looks like this book was published. Uh, So we're talking about, you know, 13 years ago where he talks about that in the depth of the West. And also uh, you may hear some questions uh, about that during the Constitution Party's uh, debate. Uh, That's one of the – actually, that's one of the questions that I – uh, put forth to them uh, that they may ask uh, during the debate is regarding the replacement rate uh, here in America, and that they may, may be one of the reasons why uh, the, the both parties are allowing such an influx of these illegal immigration, uh, Ill, I mean illegal immigrants a, into the country. And so uh, they may be commenting on that. So that might give you a little flavor, uh, you know, to go ahead and give us a, a check out to this Saturday at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time to listen to that debate, uh, see the way in which they uh, discuss that issue. So that is something that they'll be talking about, Cindy. So it'll be uh, interesting you brought that up uh, on the debate that is coming up Saturday at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, I actually got an email I still have to look over um, to, uh, to to get all the formats of the different questions. I, I briefly looked over it. But I got to look into more details, and that, as I said, that's a topic that, at least in, in part of a question that I, I put out there. But I can't give a lot of details just because any of the candidates from the Constitution Party are listening, uh, because uh, those questions are not, you know, the, the exact questions are not supposed to be known to those candidates. But just to know that the immigration question, of course, is going to be uh, part of that. Uh, so let's go ahead and bring in Holly. Then I am going to play in, uh, put in that audio clip. Uh, with Ben Carson, uh, talking a lot about that. And also have an audio, if I get a plan, uh, a chance to play for it was, speaking of Bernie Sanders, is there was a, a woman from the Black Lives Matter group uh, that pretty much just grabbed his microphone, and she was kind of telling us what, you know, she feels we need to do in order to uh, kind of, you know, close the divide, the threshold divide that supposedly is here in the United States. But let's go ahead and bring in Holly. Holly, thank you very much for calling to the show. Uh, glad to hear from you. How are you tonight? Um, pretty good. How are you guys? Hey, Holly. Good, good. Hey, sorry I didn't uh, see that it was on till till recently. Um, so I saw your link. Um, so I decided to call in because I saw the whole issue. It was about Trump or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I was just calling in to say I'm still undecided. I am still sitting here undecided. Me too, um, Holly. I don't I don't know who to vote for. <laughs> well, I know who I'm not going to vote for. <laughs> but well, yeah, I do know that. Yeah, well, and that's a good and that's a good well, that's that's a good place to start. Who are you not going to vote for, Holly? Uh, I'm not going to vote for uh Hillary and I'm not going to vote for a socialist communist. 
Oh yeah, certainly. Yeah, certainly well, not vote nice for them. <laughs> <laughs> we, I mean, and, and I, I'm not a Rubio fan. I mean, people know that. Um, and I very well may still vote for a Constitution Party presidential candidate. I don't know. But since we are talking about the Republicans, um, regardless, anybody, whether it's from the Constitution Party or from the, uh, you know, from the Republican Party, or I may even dare say, and I've actually got a, a, a postcard from some folks from the Green Party because I know that I've uh, had some of their candidates on the show before as well as uh, did some Thanks uh, for them to, uh, for a couple campaigns ago um, here. So they're contacting me. So I have to read that as well. Gosh, I, I just get so much to read. But anyway, um, anyone either from the Green Party, Constitution Party, or Republican Party uh, would be better than Hillary. I mean, I, I, I can't even stand the look at her. I know, that, you know, it's just terrible. I can imagine, and because of the show, I'll have to. Uh, Looking at and listening to Hillary Clinton for four years. I mean, not not only that she would be horrible for the country. I mean, if you don't like Obama, you're going to hate Hillary Clinton. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's what. Oh my God, I just I cringe. I cringe when I think about the possibility of her being president. That I'll actually have to listen and watch her for four years is just I, I feel bile coming up in my throat already. But uh, let's go. <laughs> And, uh, oh, I hate and, – and here's the thing. I think that – and this is why I think you're seeing such a groundswell of uh, – and these these primaries are so – and I think that this, this might scare the Democrats, and I hope it don't scare them enough because I hope they, they, they don't take this seriously. Hey, the Robert, you might want to make four... one more – you might want to make one more program note. We've got about seven minutes till, uh everybody needs to Thank get you called very much. in if they want to. Actually, it's – you're right. It's six minutes. So if people would like to chime in, give us a call. At, thank you, Cindy. At three four seven nine four five seven four two eight. If you'd like to listen to the extended period or participate, uh, give us a call. If not, please keep the link that you have so that you can listen to the podcast later. And also important is that you can share the link. Uh, although it's obvious uh, because of now people are starting to, and this is something uh, behind the scenes Susan and I have been looking at a little bit, is there, I may have uh, an imposter out there, believe it or not, may or may not. I'm not saying it's true. I'm not saying it is. Uh, but what? there is something that I'm looking at because someone out there, uh, while not spelling my name the same, uh, is uh, out there saying stuff and also saying they have a, a radio show, perhaps me, perhaps just a mistaken identity. We don't know, but there is some fishy things with that. Um, but, you know, it doesn't surprise me. Something like this happened. When that something like this, I actually had a lawyer one time call me and said, you know what, I'm a lawyer, I'm going to look into you, I'm going to expose you. I was like, fine, there's nothing for me to hide. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, when you get deeper to the thing, and so I know people are listening, but be that as it may, I'm always uh, welcome to have more people listening to the show. So if you have that link, uh, send it out to folks uh, so that they can listen to the show. And even more importantly than listening to this episode is to have them come to the show with their ideas, their thoughts, the items that they want to have talked about so they can bring those to the show and they can contribute as well. Uh, and so I really appreciate that if you uh, still have those links uh, to do that. But you're right, Cindy, now we only about four minutes. Uh, and I do see uh, someone uh, who's already wants to chime in. And we will get you into the show. There's still plenty of time. Uh, and so while I'm putting the audio from the media trying to do a getcha 
at um, at Ben Carson. Uh, I'll be doing some call screening. But yes, give us a call at three four seven nine four five seven four two eight. Let's go ahead and bring it back to you, Holly. And then I know Cindy was chiming in, and then I'm going to play that audio. Go ahead, Holly. Okay, so tell, well, tell like us what's got you so torn. Tell us what's no, got I you so just... torn on, on on who to vote for. Oh my gosh! Because your primary is coming up soon, right? Right, I know mine Oklahoma. Is. Um, I just I don't. I'm looking at it from so many different directions. It's making my head spin. I I just you know I don't well, know who to throw my listening? support behind. Have you been? Your, yeah, go ahead. I've been listening have to you everybody. Been listening to our- <laughs> Have you been listening to our our natural born citizen thing with Cruz and and Rubio? Have were you listening to Dr. Tolbert when we were talking no. about that? No. Well, one reason I I I think that you need to cross Cruz off the list is he's just not natural born. Period. Um, he, I don't know. I don't care what his excuses are and his explanations are. He was born outside the United States. He was out there four years before he came back in, uh, before they came into the United States or back into the United States. They weren't out there in on American a military base. They weren't a, um, they weren't uh, ambassadors. There, it, it wasn't a, a, a United States territory where they were. Like uh, yeah, I've heard like, about Cruz like everywhere you hear about all that. Now recently, just recent, like the last couple of days, I've been starting to see things about Rubio. Yes, Rubio also has problems. Mhm. Yeah. So. Well, this. Listen, listen, I, I mean, uh, I have horrible thoughts in my mind. Like, okay, what's left really? Okay, an American, <laughs> a Canadian, and a Cuban. Hmm. You know, and I shouldn't <laughs> have to have that thought. And I should, yeah. you know. And then I'm trying to okay. Well, the, the the polling, which you never can really go by, but you can sometimes. You know, Rubio's the best to be Hillary. You know, and you don't really know if what Bernie's going to do. That's what they all said about. mixed up in my head, you know. And I just I well, want to win. You know, I want to well, win think, for, our, for our country. I, not I don't like Trump, but I am tired of yeah. losing. I do want to win. Yeah, you know, and it can't be Hillary, and it can't be Sanders. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. you know your phrase, an American, a Canadian, a Cuban. Oh my! Sounds like the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I am. Uh, real, real quick, I am Cindy, probably going to vote quick. for Carson. We did have Carson. real quick, real quick, Cindy. We did have uh, someone uh, from Eric here, four zero four, who called in. Looked like wanted to chime in, but it looks like the call got dropped. Uh, just to let you know, you got about a minute to call back in at three four seven. Nine four five seven four two eight. So hopefully they'll be able to uh, uh, get a call back into the show. We do have plenty of time to get people in uh, for that, uh, but need to call back the next minute. And hopefully we'll be able to. I, I think it might be one of our other friends uh, who's called in before. Uh, perhaps someone new. But either way, give us a call three four seven nine four five seven four two eight, and let's go ahead. Now let me ask you this question. Um, I know Kelly's going to chime in, Kelly, then John, uh, chime in with, with Holly. But I want to first ask Holly this question. When you hear them all speak, and I'm sure at this point you have, who really resonates with your, uh, you know, with your principles? Well, um. <laughs> and remember, real quick, I'm sorry, I wanted to mention this too. And remember, real quick, uh, they were touting, starting with, I believe, uh, Bill O'Reilly that Romney was the most electable, and we've seen how that was. 
And so uh, once you hear the establishment saying who's the most uh, electable and maybe even uh, even if it's the news place I watch, CNN or some of the other, uh, I don't even watch MSNBC, some of the other talked about. But if you want to find out who is the least electable, maybe listen to those folks. <laughs> no, find out who whoever they're saying is the most electable is probably the least because they want to try to fool us like they did with pulling us with Romney. But beyond that, because it is a primary, uh, who who resonates with you? Okay, early on, I thought Cruz could either be like the best president ever or the scariest, and I never have figured him out. And then um, I heard about you know and read. And, and watch a video about where he, his dad, you know, is a preacher and all that, and something about Benny Hinn and, and this world domination. It, it just kind of scares me. Um, and then um, that was early on. And then, you know, of course, Donald. But what I like about Donald is security, building the wall, you know, not letting uh, the terrorists uh, come over here from, uh, oh, that prison that Obama wants to shut down. I'm sorry. I'm I was at the dentist today, so I had a little medication in me. Um, thank you. Um, I do like the way Donald, you know, and whether he's a Christian or not, that's between him and God. And but yet he seems like he will at least fight for us Christian, us that, who are Christian. Um, I, I like Donald. Weirdly enough, I know he came came in as a businessman, but but weirdly enough, I I feel like he will really protect. You know, I feel secure. Uh, with what he says, um, I don't really, I can't really hear Rubio or Cruz on that. I can't really hear it, and I think they're both for for maybe amnesty or something. I don't know. That's just kind of some things that are going through my mind. Well, we know Rubio is because he was part of the Gang of Eight. But mm-hmm. as far as Cruz is concerned, he, he fought right. against the Gang of Eight. So you would think that he is against it. But, you know, uh, who who knows what these people – did he pick up this issue because he knew he was going to eventually lose it uh, or it was eventually going to get lost anyway and he just wanted to try to um, – And I like Ben Carson. I do like Ben Carson, but I don't hear enough um, security. I don't feel like he's, he's – yeah. his demeanor is, is almost too soft um, yeah. for me to feel like he can really and, – and maybe he would. You know, maybe he would be strong on on security, but I feel like we're at the point if we don't get some security, none of the rest of it's going to matter. That, well, you know, you have to think now. The states are supposed to, under the Constitution, have the right to allow in whatever immigrants they deem they want in. Um, now, they can close off the Texas border if they want to. Texas is a big enough, strong enough politically country. Um, excuse me, state. <laughs> they might as well be a country. A lot of countries smaller than Texas. But anyway, they are a strong enough state that they could close off their borders, and there would be no nobody coming in their borders. Uh, Cruz has – I have not seen him really step up and cause that to happen. I and that's saw, the state, you know. So. Yeah. And, and, I, and you know, who was – or the the governor last uh Perry Rick Perry actually uh signed a bill to pay their college tuition um mm-hmm. so Texas has had a chance 
to close off their border and uh, stop uh, the, the handouts to illegals. But they have not uh, done that, and Cruz has been a part of that. And let's go ahead and then, at and this point. I think, and um, I, think I, I try to think about whoever's in, whoever does finally get in there, how will they be able to get along with the other elected officials in the House and the Congress? Um, you know, and and Trump seems like the one that could maybe, you know, um, he knows well, maybe, how to well, maybe people. He knows how to, uh, you know, obviously look at what he's been doing. <laughs> he knows how well, one to thing that don't... unify, maybe unify. Well, I don't know if I even want that, to be honest. I mean, I, I mean I'd rather have someone like a Ted Cruz uh, who's going to say, hey, Democrats, hey, liberals, you know, this is here's a finger for you. And we are in Bart's Logic after dark now, so now I can say stuff like that. Um, but basically, I mean, that's one thing. That's actually one of the, the things against Trump. And we're going to bring in Kelly and John and then Susan as well. Uh, we're going to bring them in after this, and I'm, I'll play that audio. Uh, and about, you know, with, with Ben Carson, maybe that'll help you out. But um, so anyway, so I would like someone well, like Ted Cruz to say, do say we want them to do anything, you know, to, to the Democrats. <laughs> hey, up yours, you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping Trump would do that, would do that too. say, look, up yours. We've compromised. That's one of the critiques about Trump is there is the concern. And I think there there may be some validity to that, that he may be one of the people who will. Uh, just keep uh, negotiating with the Democrats, which I think at this point we shouldn't. But let's go ahead and get the input uh, from Kelly and then John and then bring uh, Susan back in. And we got some terrible background noise coming from somewhere. So if you know that's you, your your phone, your microphone, please. Uh, so let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Kelly, and then John and then Susan, and then I'm going to play that audio. Go ahead, uh, Kelly. Well, how do you make um... – purple red or red purple you can't when trump gets into office he's going to be fighting establishment all the way it doesn't matter how nice he is doesn't matter how tough he is doesn't matter what he is establishment will hate him in congress so he has a tough road to hoe that's an iowa farm term there what it's going to take is he's going to have to go to the american people for 2018 and say we got to get these representatives in if you want to throw out the establishment. So he's not going to be very effective this first couple of years unless the establishment likes him. So he's going to have to go to the appeal to the people. When he's got his Congress, then there's going to be a lot of really good changes. So he, you know, and there's political ropes. If you haven't been in committees, yes, he's worked with people on boards, all this stuff, that's really helpful. But all sorts of different committees, and there's ropes, and there's faux pas he's going to make. He's going to need a really good political advisor on how to work with Congress and Senate so he doesn't, you know, get impeached, which probably isn't going to happen. But he's got a really tough – I mean, we're not talking just winning the election. We're talking the next two years. And then I could see in 2000 – well, it's going to be 19 when they take office. But in 2019, we're going to see a lot of swift changes. They're going to go really good. The other thing, I know we're looking for the perfect candidate. I know I have that temptation. Big time. I mean, Ron Paul is really close. I know some favor Gingrich. But, you know, it, it, that's what's really – everywhere I go, it's like, oh, trust, but I don't – Trump, but I don't trust him. But, I, you know, well, do you trust the establishment? Because they come off all polished and smooth and they say what you want to hear. He's not establishment. 
that's putting me in the category of Trump. Now, the other thing that really influences me towards Trump, and I'm still not sure I'm going to vote for because I, I don't have to make a decision until June here in California. But the thing is, if you consider Western thinking, what is Western thinking? Western thinking is, oh, let's see, a constitution, you respect religious liberties, you respect the right of free speech, uh, the press, da 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 all the stuff in our constitution that came from Western thinking. He is Western thinking. Now, Obama obviously isn't because he's Muslim, all right? You go to Hillary Clinton. She might have been at one time, but she went far away from it. She yeah. is not Western thinking. Even people who aren't Christian, I see it all the time. They have Western thinking that came across the ocean, you know, from right. Israel to the Victoria to, to England, over to here. It's Western thinking. He has it. He has Western thinking. I know he's not perfect, but he's got it. And yeah. he's worked so dang hard that he understands what people go through, and he wants to reward those who work hard. That's Western yeah. thinking. Yeah. That's what's really fundamental. I mean, so many good people, Christian or not, they're Western thinking from generations and generations. Freedom has gone down not just into our genetics. It's gone into the soul of our being. And Trump has Western thinking. Hmm. John, what do you think? Well, I think I'm in agreement. Can you hear me? Yes, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead, John. Okay. I started to talk and I heard something else, so I thought, well, maybe I'm not working. I'm on mute or something. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I think it's very complex. And in my humble opinion, I'm looking for somebody that has character that is beyond reproach and integrity and trustworthiness because all of this talk is really just, I mean, if I wanted to fool somebody, I would troll all the Internet and get a bunch of techno nerds that know how to tap into stuff, and I would figure out what the buzz is that everybody's upset about, and then I would start to pander my message to that in order to win you over because there is a a professional elite class business person in this world or business group that have so much access to technology and they use Nexus, Lexus, and Axiom and all these different um, data warehouse broker groups in order to figure out what the pulse of the society is. And then they put on a front as if they are the angel of light. But in truth, their deception is, is I'm going to pander to the people because I've gathered all this data and understood what the buzz is out there. I know how to present myself in order to make it at least palatable. And I won't be 100% to anybody, but I'll be at least 65 or 70% to the masses at whole, and therefore I can win you over. And once I've gotten into power... And our power situation is, is once you're in power, you get to assign your czars to every position and office throughout the different bureaucracies and agencies, 400 and some odd or 500, however many they are, and you get to control them but through those fiat people. And now you are in very big control. So I personally am more interested in trying to do my due diligence. We have the Internet. So we can do a lot of research on the background of these people. Most of these candidates have a website, and they've got their position papers and their platform papers all listed up there to say what they're about. 
then you, I can go out and do pull-up stuff from the 70s, 80s, and 90s to confirm that there is truth in that because these po- these professional business elites, for example, you've heard the name Carl Icahn. Now, I don't know all the details of people like that, but I know T. Boone Pickens, Carl Icahn, a number of these movers and shakers from the 70s and 80s were corporate raiders. Now, I don't know the details of how they maneuvered and worked some of their deals, but here's the concept. All of us together decide we're going to be an investment group. So we all decide, okay, let's look at all the stocks and all the businesses that are moving and shaking, and let's find some strong-valued companies that are undervalued, not being appreciated, and look like they're getting ready to tank. Now, let's go short that company. And then let's go in and buy 53% of the, the stock in order to have ownership share that we can control voting rights. And then we let, let the buzz happen that this company is going to fold and whatnot. Because we've shorted the stock, now the company goes down the tubes. We make millions on the short, but then we, because we have voter equity to override all of the share owners in the company, we sell all our stock at a loss, but we liquidate the whole company in bankruptcy and take all the proceeds from that, too, through special maneuvers. And that's 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 just my small world understanding of some of the crooked deals that people like Carl Icahn and them were doing throughout the 70s in order to become multimillionaires in the 80s. And then they started being more legitimate to get the heat off of of their back from all these investigations that were looking into, hey, there's some antitrust deals and corruption schemes going on. And then they pay off some of those judicial people and some of those investigators and stuff to get them off their back. And and a lot of people for the few, you know, 50,000 or 100,000, they'll turn a blind eye and let that nonsense go by. And then they, and then, People that are in this professional business elite class look like they are just saviors helping people. But the, all the people that have their pensions and their um, 401ks and stuff like that wrapped up in this company stock just lost everything, and, and the bandits ran off with the money. So I want to look at the details of digging up as much as I can on the Internet about all these different people to find out if I'm being buffaloed and hoodwinked. And then I want to see how they act with other people and their character. You know, are they trustworthy? Are they people of integrity? Do they look out for their fellow man? Are they, you know, constitutional? And then I have to learn exactly what the Constitution is. Like we found out, Rubio and and, um, Cruz are not legal, natural-born citizens, so therefore they were going to be, you know, taken through this deal. And I just look at it through that sense. And then when I consider that Mr. Uh, the media is bought by most of the pro, you know, business elite class, they're going to spoon feed only the candidates that they want us to know. And so therefore, like the Constitution Party that you guys are going to have in the, this coming Saturday and stuff, and all these other Green Party and different parties you've mentioned, they don't have an opportunity to get their name out there, so we even know to go look at their website if they do have one, or to get enough information to verify whether their character and integrity and trustworthiness and virtue is even realistic or not. So we get buffaloed unless we look at it, and that's just 
come from. And some other people probably have better ways to look at it. And one other aspect I want to reiterate from a previous show, when I look at virtues, morals, principles, ethics, and stuff like that, and then I think about how God in the Bible used King David when his whole family thought, no way, King David's not worthy of being the king, so you prophet, you got to be screwy, you know. I got and Jesse, his dad, was saying, well, i got all these sons, you know, and the prophets, no, not him. But also, look at Joseph. Joseph's brothers and stuff threw him in the um, pit, so to speak, trying to fake his death and whatnot. And then he lived for 11 years under Pharaoh's dungeon and whatnot but before he became the right arm of, to, you know, helping lead the Israelites out of Egypt in the famine. So I got to temper my own worldly, carnal, mental perspective of how to evaluate these people and soak it in prayer and truly look and try to find the heart of the man and know whether he's capable or not is not the issue. The capability will come because just like you or me or any one of us to have half a brain and have any level of intelligence, if you gave us the opportunity to put our hand to plow, we can figure it out because we, we have the aptitude and the attitude for altitude. And so I look at it as, hey, it's a slam dunk issue from that standpoint, but I don't know all the candidates that are out there, so I'm still undecided. Thank you very much. You're welcome, John. Uh, so it, it kind of sounded like that you were describing Trump there. Am I uh, correct in that? Being uh, part of the business elite? I don't. I, this is. I don't know if that describes Trump as you see Trump, but I'm just saying from my standpoint, I'm very cautious in deliberate doing my own due diligence. No, understood. I think he's saying, so think he's saying that if the if the shoe fits, then wear it. But we need to we need to vet Trump further and see, um, you know, if something in his past. Um, uh, you know, and why couldn't God now? use a man like Trump? I don't know. You know, God, God could use anybody he wanted to. You know, God used Cyrus and, and, when uh, and, 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 it was time for. Uh, real, real, real quick, you know, Kelly. Real, real quick. We have not. Real quick, Kelly. We have not heard from uh, from Susan in a while, so I do want to bring her back in, and then I do want to play. I'll be able to play that audio. It is a. a, a, a it's a, it's an entertaining. So the the, the minutes of the audio would go quick. Um, it is about 15 minutes, but I, I mean, I really like it. I really want to get it out there. I'm sure a lot of people have not seen it, uh, but since we are talking about media and people not getting enough media, and uh, we did mention earlier, and I think we all agree <clears throat> that Ben Carson has not gotten uh, enough media. So let's go ahead and get so- thoughts from Susan, and then I'm going to play that audio. Go ahead, Susan. Well, I don't think any of them are perfect. That's for darn sure. Uh, even Ron Rand's fall, I had a couple disagreements with, but um, if he's on the ballot, I may vote for him in the primary. He is in some state still, and um, he's my guy. Uh, well, actually, Ron would be, but he's not running, um, sadly, very sadly. Uh, other than that, I mean, I don't know. It's just a mess. Um, there's no way I want Kasich as vice president or anything. Uh Oh, I he guess it's well, it, it no, may be I mean, him. Anyone, 
anyone who says, I'm like Jesus, only better if he's done. I, I, uh-uh, I'm out of here. I don't like that. That's blasphemy to me. I don't care what his reason. He's done. And he did say it. Um, well, so, and, it, and it very well may be Kasich if, if uh, as what I said earlier, uh, Rubio and the Trumps are ter- really tearing into each other and destroy any chance of Rubio being the vice presidential pick. Uh, well, I don't like Rubio. I don't care if he's – I've been jumped off the sand. He's, so, uh, he's not able to run that he really – you know, I've been really jumped on. But then they said they didn't really support him. I said, well, he's a rhino. He's this, he's that. I don't know what all he is. There's been rumors he's gay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anymore. This is the weirdest election, especially if that worked since Fran was pushed out. And I think they're trying to do the same to – um, Carson. Uh, now I know that he did kind of support vaccines somewhat, and I didn't agree with that. Um, and he, there were some things on guns I didn't agree with him on the Second Amendment, but I'm mad he was okay. It was the same with Rand Paul. I mean, I jumped on him about supporting the Dark Act, and um, he said, well, that was allowing big government to step in. I said, yeah. Well, let me see now. We choose my rights or big government keeping them out. But my rights are the most important, and Monsanto is connected to us, George Soros, who should be hung and tried for treason and everything else under the sun. Um, Now, the TPP is very important. Um, That was one thing, Rand, that I disagreed on. In fact, very few of the candidates were against the TPP, per se, um, except Trump, and that was just more recently. Um, I'm writing a blog article on that now on the TPP, and uh, it's, man, that is just a nasty thing for all of us. Um, And I'm hoping they don't get it pushed through, but um, a lot of Republicans are for the TPP. or the TTIP or whatever it is. And, I mean, there's several of the names. It's like NAFTA on steroids. And if any of them, even Trump back down from that, I'm done. I'm not going to support him. I'll write in more cat again after all these years. So, um, and I, I, I really do go for a rebel vote. I, I will not tolerate. I don't care what happens or who's in. I, You know, I can deal with Bernie Sanders if he was to get it. Because if you had a conservative Congress, you could stop him on a lot of things. Um, my girlfriend, Carol, she loves Trump and Sanders. Now, I don't know why the combination. Maybe they should. Maybe those two should have become the president, my friend. <laughs> I don't, don't know. think that's going to happen. I, no, I, 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 I think, think that would be a losing ticket. Well, Abraham yeah, that, that, Lincoln that, that, had a Democrat as his vice president. He, he yeah, but them, he's so. a socialist. That's a big difference. <laughs> I don't think that will just for the very fact that he's a – if he wasn't a socialist, I'd say that perhaps uh, that's a possibility. But since he's a, a socialist, I doubt it. Who um, yeah, knows? Maybe Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's probably quiet in his beer right now that, you know, he can't run because they've allowed everyone, every other Tom, Dick, and Harry to say they're legal and run. So I'm sure it's – it really bugging the heck out of him because he wanted to be president so bad. But, oh yeah. You know, with his uh, 
track record with women, perhaps that wouldn't happen anyhow. Well, who so knows nowadays? Well, true, true. Well, let's, go, <laughs> well, let's go ahead and play that audio. Um, we got about uh, yeah, a little less than a half an hour left, uh, but I didn't want to get it out because, you know, one of the things with uh, Bard's Logic is, you know, to try to get out information that you're normally not going to hear, or at least it's not going to be a, a lot that you'll hear on uh, the mainstream media, maybe even some of the so-called uh, conservative media. And as we pointed out earlier, Ben Carson just doesn't get a lot uh, of it. So let's go ahead and, and play this audio uh, from an interview, which I think, and, you, and let me know if you think I'm wrong with whether this uh, person interviewing him was uh, this lady was trying to get a lot, get some gotcha questions on him. Here it is. Presidential hopefuls left in the GOP field uh, that has been winnowing down, uh, hoping to get those votes tonight. He joins me now from Las Vegas. Thank you for being with me, sir. My pleasure. Let's talk about the numbers so far, because, yes, there are many, many, many delegates and many, many states still to go. But you finished fourth in Iowa, eighth in New Hampshire, sixth in South Carolina. The latest CNN poll of polls has you with 7% of the support nationally. How do you turn this around? Uh, well, hopefully what we will uh, start doing now that the number of candidates is smaller is actually look at the issues, actually talk about the solutions, and not make it a personality contest. And I think that will help quite a bit. You know, just being able to focus on, on the real problems rather than uh, getting people into arguments all the time. But how, how does it, Doctor, significantly change when you have all, you know, most of the headlines are right now Trump versus Cruz, you know, who's lying, who's telling the truth, et cetera. How does that get to the issues? Well, obviously it's going to have to be we the people. Uh, who changed the issues. That's not ever going to happen with the media because, you know, they, they, they want to sell headlines. They're not no, interested that's in what's what the happening candidates to the are, country. That's what the candidates are talking about, sir. They're pointing fingers no, at No, that's what, the, that, that's what the candidates are asked about. They're always asked about the controversy. You know, it's, it's like the ancient Romans in the Colosseum. Everybody wants to go and see the blood and the gore. Nobody is paying attention to the fact that Rome is burning. You say to get back to the issues, but, but you said this during an interview. Let's play it. Like most Americans, I was proud that we broke the color barrier when he was elected. Uh, but I also recognize that his experience and my experience are night and day different. He didn't grow up like I grew up by any stretch. That's of right. Nation. Not, not even close. Um, he was an African-American as opposed to an African-American. African-American. Uh, he was, you know, raised white. Um, many of his formative years were spent in Indonesia. So for him to, you know, claim that, you know, he identifies with the experience of black Americans, I think is a bit of a stretch. So you say, sir, talk about the issues, yet you spent a good portion of the interview with Political last night talking about President Obama's race. Why is that? Well, uh, I would say go back and read the whole interview. That wasn't very much I, of it, quite I, frankly. I did. I did. And political, and political, did put the, political did put the whole thing out there, so you can see that that's a relatively small portion of it. But here's the real key. You know, America and many people in America are still very uncomfortable uh, when it comes to issues of race. And, uh, you know, I once again crossed the PC barrier. Uh, I don't think anybody would deny 
that uh, someone who is raised in Hawaii by his uh, white grandparents and then uh, spent formative years in Indonesia with his white mother does not have the typical black experience. If anybody can explain to me how that's the typical black experience, I stand corrected. Uh, the president lived in Indonesia from age 6 to age 10. When you said that he was raised white, can you walk us through what does that mean? How should people understand that? Well, that doesn't, that doesn't mean anything bad. It's only the PC police have tried to interpret that as something bad. So what it's do you just mean? That his, it, I'm going to tell you. His cultural experience is vastly different than that of the majority of black people who were raised in America. That's what I'm saying. Does it mean that it's worse? No. People are raised in different cultures, and they have different cultural experiences. What did you experience growing up as, as a black man in Detroit? What did you experience that is different from the president? Because it seems like you're juxtaposing the two, and that's fair, so walk me through it. Uh, well, that would take a very, very long time. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, you know, I, I grew up in Detroit and I grew up in Boston. Uh, in Boston, you know, we, we lived in the ghetto. Uh, there were uh, a lot, a lot of uh, violent episodes there. There were rats, there were roaches. It was dire poverty. Uh, I had a mother who worked uh, starting at 5 in the morning. Uh, getting home after midnight, going from job to job to job. She didn't like the idea of being on welfare. Uh, most people said, you got two boys, you can be on aid to dependent children. Uh, she didn't want to do that. Now, let me contrast that to uh, the president, uh, who uh, went to private schools, uh, grew up in a relatively affluent uh, environment. I had an opportunity to live in uh, multiple cultures in different countries. I think that's a very different experience. Why, why not criticize President Obama on his policy on merit? I wasn't criticizing him. See, that's that, excuse me, but that that's you guys in the news media who okay, are trying to make me, it into a fight. I'm just stating the, I'm just stating the obvious facts. Let me reframe it this way, then, if that's what you believe. That's how many people interpret it. I, I would tell you, uh, Dr. Carson. But why then? speak about the president in terms of race and how he was raised and not on policy and merits because this isn't a candidate you're running against and this comes on the eve of the Nevada caucuses. How does this help you get more support? Well, I'm talking about the facts. What we were talking about is, you know, I said that I was proud of the fact that the color barrier had been broken, but there's a difference in breaking the color barrier and somebody who's had the typical experience versus somebody who has not. And for you and the rest of the media to try to pretend like just because your skin is the same color, it means you've all grown up in the same way, doesn't make any sense. I'm pointing that fact out. You're not supposed to point that fact out because it makes people uncomfortable and therefore the, poli the PC police come down on you. But I will fight them tooth and nail on this. And I will tell you that anybody who's sensible knows that the way that he was brought up is very different from the way that most black people in this country are brought up. Are you saying then, sir, that if you were elected president, you would be the first truly African-American That was you black? guys. That I'm was asking, you guys who said that. I never said you. that. I'm asking you, do you believe no. the headlines that said that this morning? I believe that all the emphasis on race is way overblown. Hmm. And uh, I think it, I think this conversation is contributing to it. I think this is a nothing burger myself.
All right, I want to turn to a major headline today, uh, the President's plans to close Guantanamo Bay. Let's listen to part of what he said earlier. With this plan, we have the opportunity finally to eliminate a terrorist propaganda tool, strengthen relationships with allies and partners, enhance our national security, and most importantly, uphold the values that bind us as Americans. I'm absolutely committed to closing the detention facility at Guantanamo. This is something that he pledged to do. You'll remember, sir, back in 2009, just as he became president, sure. seven years later, he's presenting it to Congress. Not just him. I mean, his predecessor, President George W. Bush, wanted to close Guantanamo. What would you do as president? Well, you have to look at, uh, you know, what are the benefits and what are the costs. Now, they're saying that because it costs the uh, $400 plus million dollars a year to keep open, that it's not worth doing. But you have to also ask yourself, where do we have that we can take these prisoners of war? We're involved in a long-term war here. This is not something that's just going to disappear. And we need to have a place to take people. We need to have a place where we can try to uh, derive information from them that will be beneficial to us in terms of our safety. And uh, I'm not seeing what the alternative is, quite frankly. So until we have a better alternative, I certainly would not close it. I want to hear the explanations on how we're going to derive that information. And, you know, he's assuming that the next president will want to do the things the way that he does them, which is to kill the opposition rather than to capture the opposition and derive important information that can help us to protect ourselves. So to the president's claim that uh, not only is it extraordinarily expensive, but to his claim, as he spoke about today, that it helps recruit uh, the terrorists, that it is one of the things that drives terrorists against this country, are you concerned about that? Do you agree with him that it is used as a recruitment tool? No. I think what's used as a recruitment tool frequently is money. And, uh, you know, people should go to my website, bencarson.com, and read about ways to, to tap down terrorism. One of the ways is you shut down their monetary channels because they go after the disaffected members of society from all over the world, and they're able to improve their standard of living with money. That's their recruitment tool, not, not Guantanamo Bay. So Ted Cruz came out, uh, obviously, he, he, you know, he, he uh, lambasted the president for this announcement, as did Marco Rubio, as did a number of your competitors on, on the GOP side. But Ted Cruz said, and I'm paraphrasing here, but basically we should put, put more people in there. And how do you look the families in the face who have been, been harmed through terrorism and had their loved ones taken from them and keep it open? So I'm interested specifically in what you would do as president. Would you bring more well, we, suspected terrorists we, 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 I, I don't think we need to, to, to raise the tenor of, of, of discord here. What we need to say is what alternative do we have to this when we capture these terrorists? And uh, if, if, you, if somebody has a good alternative, uh, I would be all ears. I would be wanting to listen to it. I don't think we have to make this into an ideological argument. I think we need to ask ourselves what are we trying to accomplish and what is the best way to do that and, uh, and sit down and talk about it. That's what I would do. But you don't agree that the President's plan to send some of those detainees over to other countries such as Oman, et cetera, to be overseen by their authorities and to put some in maximum security and DOD facilities in the U.S. is the right plan. That's not a plan you accept. Well, just remember, uh, for the ones that we have sent to other countries, 
a third of them at least seem to end up back on the battlefield uh, threatening our security. So that obviously is not the correct way to do it. We need to be looking at evidence. When you make decisions based on ideology and not on evidence, they inevitably turn out to be wrong. So the numbers we have, just to be clear for our viewers here, are that three former Gitmo detainees who were sent back to Yemen then went on to join AQAP. But moving on, I want to get your take on this. Last week at a campaign event in South Carolina, Donald Trump was asked about waterboarding, and he referred to it as, quote, sort of the least form of torture, or, quote, the minimal form. He then went on to suggest that the United States should, should perhaps go beyond waterboarding, waterboarding, use other methods of terror, and he said at the end of his remarks, quote, torture works. Do you agree with Mr. Trump on that? I believe there are a number of ways to extract information, uh, including, uh, you know, some medical uh, ways of, uh, you know, putting people into a less than conscious state which allows information to be uh, extracted uh, much more What do you mean, sir, by humanely. medical? What, what do you mean by medical ways? Uh, well, the average person might understand it as truth serum. But, you know, there, there are ways where you decrease a person's uh, conscious defenses. What is, and they what might is be much that? more willing to give up information. What is truth serum? What, what is that? Uh, sodium amytal. But, you know, there are a variety of different things that can be used now. We've made some advances in that kind of science. Is Donald Trump right when he talks about waterboarding as being sort of the minimal form of torture and perhaps we should go beyond it? Should we go beyond it? Well, it's not really about Donald Trump. It's about how do we protect the American people? What methods do we use? And I think we use what we need to use in order to protect the American people. And I don't think we necessarily need to be broadcasting what we do. You very publicly had a campaign shakeup. You replaced your campaign manager. As you sit back uh, and look at that, do you think that has helped you? Has it hurt the campaign? Uh, it has helped me tremendously. <laughs> no question about it. Uh, you know, we had people who really didn't seem to understand finances, or maybe they did. Maybe, uh, maybe they were doing it on purpose. But. Uh, obviously, things have improved tremendously uh, since that time, and the morale is much better, uh, the esprit de corps. So, yes, it was a tremendous benefit to us. All right, so let's take a look. If we, if we talk about the, the map and the, the, the map that lies ahead after Nevada tonight, what does your path forward look like, Dr. Carson? What states are you banking on? What states can you win? I am banking on the American people recognizing uh, that it is we the people which will be the only thing that will change the course that we're on. doesn't which, matter whether it's Democrats or Republicans. Well, let me which, uh, listen carefully what I'm saying. All states, all states where there are people, I think there's a possibility that the people begin to recognize that they're being manipulated uh, by the political class and by the media who want to control them and want to control the narrative and want to control who the candidates are. Do you think that's I believe really giving, that is going to happen. Do you, do you think that's giving enough credit, Dr. Carson, to the voter to say that they're being manipulated by the political class and by the media, that they aren't thinking on their own? Uh, I, I know that that's an attempt uh, for you to try to get them on your side, but I think they're smarter than that, and I think they're going to see through it. Uh, they have to recognize 
And we all have to recognize, we the people, the reason that people are so angry and the reason that people are moving toward people like Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders uh, is because they're angry. When people make decisions out of anger, uh, you get different decisions. But as we go further into this process, I believe people are going to start actually looking at the policies that people are putting forth and the solutions to the things that are creating the anger. And that's what's going to solve the problem for us. All right, I'm out of time, uh, Dr. Carson, but I, I very much appreciate you taking the time to come on and talk to us. Good luck tonight in Nevada. Thank you. Thank you. Coming. Okay, and I knew you were, uh, a couple of folks were saying that they didn't uh, know quite who they were supporting, and so we'll go uh, to them first. Uh, what did you think about uh, that interview, and what did you think about uh, Ben Ca uh, Carson's answer, Holly? I think that they need to give him more time to talk. <laughs> I was impressed by that. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, I mean, I'm impressed a lot with, with with what Ben Carson says, and you know, and on the Republican side of the, of the party, I mean, he's definitely my uh, would be my first pick, actually. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I think with the numbers being where they are and how far we are, uh, Trump very well may not may not be able to be stopped, uh, and, and perhaps. As the title of tonight's show suggests, perhaps he, he shouldn't be. I don't know. Uh, but that's, of course, for the people to uh, decide, as, as kind of Ben Carson alluded to. And uh, so, yeah, I'm not a great wish. Robert, is, do you have a link to that interview that you could send to me? Actually, no, I do not have a link. Okay. I, I actually got that straight from uh, the television. <laughs> uh, well, okay, uh, who was the uh, interviewer? Robert. Robert, the link. Oh, to you know what? It was on CNN. It was on CNN. It was, uh, okay, it, was, uh, it, it was from CNN. I was just, I was just happened to watch CNN. That's generally the, uh, the news source I go to mostly when I'm watching uh, news on television is CNN. And, um, and it was the day of the, the Nevada primary, so you could tell that uh, it was yesterday. I got it yesterday morning. Uh, I think it was yesterday morning or sometime in the afternoon uh, when I got that. But that was. Uh, as I said, from, oh, from CNN. I, and I heard it, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I want to put that on the TV. show. <laughs> um, what's that? Oh, good for you. I say good for you. I've actually done that before also, gotten things off of the TV. <clears throat> but I will try <laughs> to find that somewhere. It'll be somewhere online. No, yep, and it'll also be, uh, you know, now it's now be recorded on the uh, podcast for the show, so can always come back to the show and listen to it uh, at about 15 minutes left at the hour. So what I need to start doing, unfortunately, folks, is uh, giving, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, about five uh, people on the line. So i got to give each person only about a, a minute and a half uh, for closing comments. Uh, and then I'll unfortunately have to close things out. And just re uh, remember to, to come to the show this Saturday at 2.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time to do our simulcast with the live debate in Boise, Idaho, of the Constitution Party's presidential primary uh, there. So looking forward to having that on the show and be looking for the, the link in the next couple of days. So here's how we'll do it. Go down the line. First, we'll go to you, John, and then we'll go to Susan, and then we'll go to Kelly, and then Cindy, and then I'll have to unfortunately close things out for the show. Uh, definitely um, also check out the website and where you can, if you're a Twitter user, tweet out the link for tonight's show to your followers. 
and also uh, the email that I have on the contact page. So you can easily just copy and paste and send it out to the folks on your email list. Uh, you know, kind of nudge them uh, to come and listen to the show. And, and of course, join us. I think that would be great to have them on. So let's go ahead and bring it over to you, John. Thank you, Robert. I appreciate it. I appreciate the show. Like, you know, I'm kind of new to your show, and I'm just so grateful that I stumbled across it. And I, I hope that more and more people get more and more opportunities to um, find out about all the different presidential candidates. Because, like you were saying earlier, this media is just spoon feeding a few of them to us. And I don't know the FEC's website. There's over a thousand people that want to be our president. And I'm like, why in the world can't we hear from all of them? Isn't there a law that says the media has to give them all equal time? So, anyway, I just want to say thank you for your work. Like, every time I get to say thank you, I want to reinforce that and look forward to more of the presidential candidates getting an opportunity to truly share with us, like um, Holly was saying that – Mr. Carson needs more time. Well, there's a whole lot of other candidates that need more time, too. And thank you so much. You're welcome. And hopefully you'll be able to join us uh, this Saturday and also uh, let other folks, uh, if they want to listen to the debate, uh, they're welcome to come as well. Just uh, if you want to uh, be on the email list, just uh, contact me through the uh, Bars Logic Political Contact page, and I'll get your email. Make sure you get on the list. And uh, get the link out to you for uh, uh, for Saturday. I can also be reached on Facebook. Uh, and also, uh, if you haven't followed me on Twitter, you can go to the homepage of the website and uh, be able to follow me on Twitter as well. So let's go ahead and bring it over to, I believe it was Susan. Go ahead, Susan. Well, Saturday, you got a number? Yeah, I'm sorry? I was just saying Saturday's not on this same phone number. Yes, it is the same phone number. It will be the same phone number. Saturday at 2.30 Eastern Time, 347-945-7428. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you and I will have to talk on that uh, and how I will record and how it will come in and if that will be done at a separate time or what. Um, so I guess tomorrow I'm not working in the next day, so I'll have to at some point hook up with you on that. Um, but anyway, when Ron Paul was in the debate, my daughter, who was not even interested at all in politics, still not. My son is different, but not my daughter. And she didn't even know one guy from another one. He was like, were they? And uh, she said, why don't they let the old man talk? Yeah, I guess we could say the same thing with Carson and Rand Paul. Why don't they let them talk? They always let pick certain ones and let them talk. But those they don't want to, they, they just don't give them any time. I had to laugh when she said that because it was the truth. He just stood there half the time because they wouldn't, you know, he had to butt in or say things. And I think this thing with Carson's too nice, too, just like him. They're polite. They don't just shut up the rest of you, I'm talking now type attitude. And uh, I'm not as nice. <laughs> I probably would just start babbling away. But uh, um, 
that's really what they need to do sometimes. It just annoys me when they favor certain people and them to start blasting away and going and going and going. You never learned about the others and what they believe in. So there's my comment. Well, thank you very much, Cindy. I'm looking forward to Saturday. And, uh, you know, we'll probably be talking in the next ensuing days. Uh, just wrap up uh, the details for Saturday. So let's go ahead and bring it over to, I believe it was Kelly, and then you, Cindy, and then I'll unfortunately have to close things out. Uh, go ahead, Kelly. Well, this is uh, just my opinion, but <clears throat> I really like Ben Carson. He's really affluent. That woman was just trying to attack her in every way, shape, or form, and he responded very well. Responding well to life circumstances, people, is one of the greatest character qualities to have. Obviously, Ben Carson has this. And um, if I was Donald Trump, which I'm not, um, because I don't want to have an ego, but uh, um, if I was Donald Trump, I would pick him to be the VP for several reasons. Um, One is this guy has just got lots of, he's solution-oriented. I mean, that's Donald Trump. If you're not solution oriented, you're fired. Um, by the way, I happen to have a Trump game. I don't know. I got it at a yard sale years ago, and I saw it. It's like Donald Trump looking at you like, yeah, I'm watching you. You're gonna, you're gonna get fired. Behind him is the Hudson River, and then uh, the Manhattan skyline. You know, <clears throat> says the Trump game. I'm back, and you're fired. But I, I, you know, I could see um, Ben Carson would would bring a lot of uh, an awful lot of votes in, 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 in Ben Carson is a unifier he's a unifier and he's a problem solver and there's so many you know gosh VP man that I would pick him and by the way the vice president he can't serve as president unless he's a oh that's right now it's for born citizen you know born Detroit yeah okay right um, right I, I'm, I'm just like, this audio of Dan, I understand why people are really passionate about him. He just hasn't had enough air time. Um, yeah. You know, years ago when he did the prayer breakfast thing, he gave a speech at the prayer breakfast. Mm-hmm. And people are saying this all over him. you got to see this guy. you got to see this guy. you got to see this guy. He should be our next president. Well, now he's doing it, you know. Um, I, I would go for a uh, Trump... Um, Carson ticket any day. Um, I just, gosh, wow. Yeah. Thank you very much, uh, Kelly. We definitely like to, as you said, hear more from Carson. I really, you know, I know we uh, Newt Gingrich was uh, one of the folks who kind of drafted. Uh, Carson to run. Uh, now we heard in our audio uh, him talking about Donald Trump, and I think that's uh, a large part of that is because of the position that, that Trump is in. Um, and plus, uh, part of me thinks that New Greenwood would still like to stick it to the Republican establishment uh, still for what they did in 2012. Uh, so <laughs> You know, please. And, and I do. I mean, I, I think I would. I would really like to have, uh, a, a, you know, Carson be on the ticket, uh, whether he will or not. I, I definitely would think that'd be a great pick. Uh, politically, you you made some good 
uh, some, good, some good sense, some good comments on that, which uh, I didn't even think before that, you know, when I said Rubio, but, you know, I think he could bring uh, someone as well. And it'd be awesome to see uh, him debate uh, whatever person that uh, Hillary Clinton, because I, I can't just imagine who Hillary Clinton, maybe she'll put uh, Wasserman Schultz on as her running mate. I'm just kidding. Oh my um, goodness. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. Gotta, I, I, you know, I, 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 Wait, 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 you know, because in my odd I, way, I think she's not difficult to look at. But until she opens her mouth, then uh, she kind of kills it. But anyway, <laughs> let's go okay, ahead okay, and Robert, uh, Robert, bring it Robert, over. Robert, 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 yeah. Robert, real quick. This is a Bard's logic first. Did I hear you say stick it? <laughs> I, I no, may have said that at that. some point, at some no. time at the show. I don't know. <laughs> you didn't hear that. Well, Gingrich wanted to tell the establishment to stick it. Oh, he so wanted to I'm stick like, it to the establishment. <laughs> yeah, that was a uh, yeah. I, I didn't even realize what I said. So after you pointed that pointed that out to me, uh, Kelly, I uh, I appreciate that. But yes, we are indeed still in Bard's Logic after dark. So uh, those things are allowed. But oh my gosh, I I, I got to hurry up and and get uh, your comments in, uh, Cindy, because then I have to close things out. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, first of all, John, you have hit it so dead on tonight, buddy. Good job, and uh, keep up the work. Um, come back anytime um, because you've been doing your research and you got this thing figured out. And that is one of my uh, troubles with Trump is I just don't know. I mean, he's certainly rich enough to be a part of the New World Order. He's certainly um, uh, egotistical enough. Um, that, you know, he has a lot of... Um, uh, the same characteristics as those types. And so it, it is one of my, oh, whoa, what is that? Anyway, that is one of my um, biggest fears, that he's nothing but a uh, New World Order plant. And um, anyway, let me just go on. It, you know, imagine that woman baiting Carson with a question like that. Do you think you're the only, you, you would be the first really black president that wasn't even close to what he was trying to say. He was trying to say that he was raised in Western culture, like what Kelly was talking about earlier. And by the way, Kelly, you were dead on about that, too. Mm-hmm. It's Western culture thing that he, he has been a part of, and, and um, Obama has not. And, yes, he needs to. You know, she's like, well, why, do you, why are you bothering talking about Obama? You're not running against Obama. No, he needs to separate himself from Obama and let people understand that he is different from Obama uh, as a as as a as a black man running for president. He is totally different. Um, Robert, you know, people like to get attention. They like to be important. And so, when they hear about somebody like you that might be getting a, a little bit of uh, viewership or a little um, list, a few listeners, they got to get on there and try to um, you know get their two cents worth. And so they make up lies and things, and um, <clears throat> I wouldn't worry about it. They're either they're either just egotists trying to get attention, or they're trying to scare you off the air. Neither one's going to work, so don't worry about it. Um, Finnegan's death has gone away. Appreciate it. Scalia's, de- Scalia's, Scalia's death has gone away. 
we don't hear anything in the news anymore about either one. Um, but mm-hmm. somebody will one day, and this is one of the times when I am so glad to be a Christian because I know there's an afterlife and I know there's a judgment and, and there's a great white seat of judgment coming. And um, the men who uh, have killed those people will face God one day. And um, there's a whole lot of other mm-hmm. people, too, that will be facing him at that day. And I have my own uh, sin that I'm going to have, but I'm going to be covered with the blood of Jesus Christ. My sins will be covered and washed away. And mm-hmm. so I, I am so thankful um, that that um, that I that I have that because um, uh, that's my only hope is in Jesus Christ. And so, guys, I'm sorry I'm white, but uh, I'm not privileged <laughs> by any means. I've had to work hard. My husband, I wish you could see my husband dragging in here every day after work. Um, you know, half dead. He's a farmer, and you these days being a farmer uh, will will get you about a cup of coffee, and that's it. So um, I I am I'm enjoying being who I am, and in the greatest country that there ever was, um, that is about to go south. Oh well. And this very well may be as. Uh, one talk show host, and it's not me, uh, who says, but I think this might actually be the case this time, uh, the most important election of our lifetime. Now, I think we could have had a golden uh, opportunity to have Gingrich as our president last time. Unfortunately, the Republicans screwed that up for us, folks. Uh, so now we got to try to get uh, someone else in this year. But uh, unfortunately, as I said, uh, we do have to close things out. Uh, and definitely join us this Saturday at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time for the – Constitution Party's uh, presidential primary debate. Uh, looking forward to that. And, of course, uh, please share out the link uh, to folks so that they can uh, listen to the show and join us as well and definitely get out uh, this information uh, that we put forth every week. And, of course, uh, check out the website. And so I will end tonight, as I do every night, and that is with the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. Take care, folks. Have a good night, and we'll see you Saturday. Take care. Good night. Bye-bye.